Well, we are back, huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Today, we have a very special. Special. There's a look. Special <laughs> guest, Mr. Colin Kennedy, is with us. How are you, dude? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. This is great. Thank you so much for coming by. This has been uh, a while now we've wanted you on the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you've always just been like... No, I'm good, guys. No, <laughs> yeah. this is, it's cool. You guys do your little podcast. <laughs> Mr. Big Time over here. No, I'm just kidding. But thank you for coming on. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was going to be a flash in the pan. I gave you guys like four <laughs> weeks. So I was like, no. No, but we have a lot of stuff. I, I, I want to preface this episode by, ta- you know, people that don't know Colin Kennedy, that should know Colin Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, f- uh, filmmaker, first and foremost, right? Well, skateboarder first and foremost. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Skateboarder. Skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. let's let's reverse Which is, that. No, that's okay because when I was, yeah, but when I was coming up, mm-hmm. if you were a filmer, it was like this kind of, you know, it was almost like a derogatory, like <laughs> like I can't skate, so he films, and sure. I was like very much like, no, dude, I want to, like, I like skating. Like, there was a little, yeah, there was a little thing. Yeah, I was like, give me my board. But you went on to do, yeah, one of the best videos that people still bring up to this day, Skate More, DVS Skate More. You worked for DVS for years and years and years. Not only that, four on one, go back even further, and just some stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Kelly, I, I, I thank got, you very much. You're dismissed. Yeah, We're not going to talk about any four <laughs> ones. For, for my, for my four ones over there clapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you I for doing that. It, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, all kinds of uh, one-off stuff. You've done yeah. stuff for Thank You, Day One, uh, and Tori. I mean, we're going to get into a lot of stuff. Yes. You've done a lot of stuff for Barracks stuff. And I mean, that's right. all over the board. And all, let me just preface this also, incredible stuff. Incredible. Definitely. I was going through all your stuff the other day. I was like, damn, this is so good it's shot so well it's put too. together amazing thank yeah, you sometimes i feel with skating people don't ah i think sometimes it gets lost sometimes uh for, especially nowadays right um, oh, yeah. in the last like i don't know eight seven eight basically since you guys started <laughs> <laughs> um it's like just stuff is like it comes and goes and and no matter how well it's made or how good the part is. I mean, I find I'm guilty of it too. Like sure. I'll watch someone's, you know, like a Louis Lopez part and I'm like losing my mind over it. And then it'll be like four days later and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I never watched it. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I loved it. And I watched it, you know, two or three times that yeah. day, but then I'm just, you know. And I, I, I wonder about stuff like that. I wonder if it's just us, our age. I wonder if it's the, because <laughs> uh, skateboarding is a, a t- time period. For sure. You know, it's like, w- w- I, I think so. I think, yeah, if I was a teenager, and I was looking up to Louie, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure I'd watch that like daily to go skate. So I think, yes, some of that is my age. But we're and in the age of content overload. True, dude. true. So you'll see yeah. something so a, and then you'll see another thing and then you forgot yeah. about what you just saw. And well, it's dude, not because yeah, it's, it's not good. No, Someone will bring it up and be like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. Like, yep. And yeah. also music is a huge part of it, too. And I know that it, it's harder and harder and harder to get music. I mean, it costs a lot. It's Some some uh, music companies only l- allow you to use it for a certain amount of time. Then yeah. you have to take it down. Like. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I think back in the day, you know, we, we, we didn't have to worry about that. I yeah. mean, we're, we're using the best music out there. For yeah. sure. You know what's crazy? It's, we had Carl Aikens on last week, and he was like, I don't really watch what's going on in skateboarding. I've heard that from people. But imagine if that keeps going on from generation to generation, what are we going to be watching? Yeah. Skate-wise, what's going to be influencing the younger skaters to skate? AI. You know, it's like, I, I, that's not even a crazy answer. Yeah. Well, because no, 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 no. I'm watching these <laughs> clips now. Yeah. I'm no. more I'm more intrigued by the AI. You've seen the ones, the clips that they, uh, instead of the skater, it's like a robot. 
or something. Have you seen that type of stuff? Wait, what? Oh, it's incredible, man. Wait, the wait. You mean like an actual skate clip that exists and somebody's like? Oh, they put, they, a, they put a robot or the, a caricature over okay. it. Oh, right. No, I haven't right. seen this. Right. Stevie Williams yeah, did Stevie it with his, did it. his yeah. line in yeah, okay. a chocolate video. For sure. I don't know if he did it, but he posted The one yes. in New York where he like grabs his crotch at the end? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe the only person who could do that and, <laughs> and like do it so... Like I said, I didn't say a single trick in the line. I said right. grabbed his crotch. And he said, yep, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, this, with style and grace. Exactly. Because oh, it, it, it was like perfect. It was, yeah. I can't imagine. I can't. Like, I, if me or any of my friends tried to do something like that shit. Like, it was the best street grab ever done, dude. Yeah, okay. yeah, street grab. Just get, la- get yeah. laughed off the stage. Right. Like, but yeah, Steve, did he really do that? Yeah, but Steve, it was like, yep. I was like, perfect. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. He does do a massive switch heel before. I do know about that line. Front switch heel, back yeah. tail. Yeah. And it was Front heel, switch heel, switch back tail, fakey hard. Exactly. It was Grab. just a commercial. And a little fakey, didn't you a little fakey shove right after the fakey oh, hard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right to... Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. Pop the board up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> do you think... Um, I mean, listen, I mean, skate more. Yeah. Do you think that was one of the biggest projects you worked on? That in 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 the sense of nowadays, it's still, it's still being talked about nowadays. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that one... I started working at DVS in January of 2002, and then that video premiered May of 2005. Mm-hmm. We didn't film for it for those like three or whatever years because when I got on, like Jerron, Daniel, Chico, those guys were still working on Yeah Right. Yeah. Um, Carrie was working on Mosaic. Huff was working on a real video. Mm-hmm. Um, Dill was working on Mosaic. So, really, when I got on, the only people that could dedicate kind of all of their time to filming for DVS was Daywon. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And he was local. I, I guess, yeah, because even Barrow was filming for Mosaic. Like all these guys had other video projects, projects that yeah. were already deep in the works that they mm-hmm. needed to, to focus on. And I, I remember going out with everybody, like Chico and Jerome and stuff, but it was like getting to that point where we'd go out and I'd get stoked, I'd get a clip, and then Chico would be like, hey, let me get that for the girl video. Uh, you know, let me, so, me use that for you, right? Yeah, so I was like, oh shit, like I realized what was happening. Like I was like, oh, if I go out with these guys and we get clips, there's going to be a good chance they're going to want this for, for yeah. Right. Which uh, of course I was like, I wanted to help them out. So I wasn't trying to be like, I can't give it to you, but it was more of like, okay, well let's keep going out. So then, you know, I can give you that one and we'll get one for whatever unnamed project. We didn't have like a, there was no like deadline or, or official video under works, but, I was hired with that premise. Like, Gab, we, we, I went out to lunch with Gavin and Kelly Bird, and Gavin was like, "We want to make a, you know, like a, a DVS video." Because at that point, really, oh fuck, maybe Menic Mahdi, and I know DC was in the works again. DC hadn't come out with their video yet, so I think, and, and I think DC and America were were in production on video, and audio and. And, you know, like One Step Beyond and Menic Mahdi had come out. And right. so there was already the writing on the walls. Like if you're yeah. a, a shoe brand, you need to like make a video. Yeah. Um, and so. And DVS was huge. And they were blowing up yeah. at this point. Yeah, this was huge. And I mean, the way, the way that I got the job was because I went, was working at 4 That was how I got the job was that at 4 one I had worked with day one on like a day in the life. I had gone to Africa with Keenan and Huff and Barra. Um, I had trying to think, I did like a handful of things with DVS guys at four and one. And I got along with everybody. Right. And this was like that age of, um, there were people filming, but it was still a pretty small number mm-hmm. and not every brand had like an in-house guy yet. Right. That wasn't common practice. No. And so, um, 
interestingly enough, I actually spoke to Jeff Taylor for a considerable amount of time about doing the audio video and, and working at audio. That was my, f- because I had, I had filmed with like Jerry Fowler and like Felix and Montoya a lot. And so you're they, talking about what, one step beyond. Yeah, that was that was originally. I had originally talked to Jeff Taylor about working at. This is before that video existed or before they were filming right. for it. So this is like 1999. Because mm-hmm. who did the um, Stewart? Josh, Josh Stewart. Josh Stewart, and he yeah. did a fantastic job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Raj, and, and Raj, and Raj. Yeah, Raj. yeah. yeah. and and I met Roger through Jerry Fowler. Jerry Fowler, That's, right? Yeah, and I remember you know Jerry already. There's a little sidebar, but Jerry is a man of very few words mm-hmm. and super dry sense of humor. And then he's like, "Oh, meet Roger." And he's like the same fucking guy. I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no wonder you guys are like hanging out. Like, I, I was always like the talkative, like, rah, rah, like sure. excitable guy to Jerry's like very like low key, super sarcastic, yeah, but funny as fuck. Like, it really, is. if you could get past like, I think a lot of people thought like, oh, he's like quiet. He's a dick or something. He wasn't a dick. He just wasn't going to say shit unless it needed to be said. Yeah. And then when he would say it, it would, it would, it would be funny. And <laughs> I was the opposite. Idea. I would be the guy. And I think he liked me because I just was like, rah, 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 like just excitable young, you know, dork. Dub sh- uh, shared some milk with him. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'll never forget that. I think that was a really impactful, like funny moment for me. <laughs> I mean, we were just, like, we went skating one day and we went into the liquor store and um, he just randomly said, hey, do you want to share milk? And I was just like, I have never been asked that before ever in my life. And I just thought it was so funny. I just instantly started laughing. Dude, that is that is the most Jerry thing. So when you said dry sense of humor, that was was it right there. He he had me in stitches all the time. But then I felt like it was like we'd be around somebody else and he'd be quiet. And I'd be like, dude, this dude's funny. Like you got like, (laughs) it was like undercover funny. Um, Sorry, I got all, uh, No, you're good, you're good. Uh, Just skate more, skate more. more. I just wanted to, you, you got, uh, they hired you to do that, but everybody else was working on another project. Everybody else was working. And I'm on sure projects, eventually yeah. it got around to where you know you had the team. Yeah, what happened? You, you know, tours exactly because like 2003 Mosaic, uh, yeah, right, like all those videos came out. So mm-hmm. suddenly everybody was free, and in that interim of me starting, like me getting the job at DVS to like kind of basically making it an official like attempt, like all right, let's start filming a video. We got like Mikey Taylor on the team, oh, yeah. Jeremy Rogers. Um, Boosnitz? Uh, no, no, dude. Boosnitz didn't get on until oh. like six months before, maybe oh, less. Yeah, like yeah, four yeah, months. I didn't even film a single trick in Boosnitz's part. Mm. And not for, that's a whole other sidebar. Oh, wow. Um, okay. but he came in with footage. He came in with right, footage right. because it was like, oh, and by the way, like Dennis is now on. And it was like three, like seriously, like three months before the video came out. Very last minute. Uh, yeah, super last minute. I mean, at least he did. And that sucks. I mean, do you like working with other people's footage or do you just, I mean, would you rather film everything, majority of it sure. yourself? Oh, I would rather it film it because right. I think like anybody who makes skateboard films or any filmmaker, like when you're filming it, you're already visualizing stuff and then you're cataloging what you have or what you would want to get or, and you're, it's definitely like we would like work together like with mm-hmm. you know Jerron like we'd kind of know what we had and then make you know oh let's get the line here or let's try that trick or this yeah. would fit in perfect totally. if, I, if my the camera was on the ground here and I panned up to the sky I remember that I panned well, up to the sky on that clip I can I could pan down from for the, sure do all the, yeah. for sure or even just spots like I've mm. because I am a I like to think of myself as a skateboarder first. I'm always looking for spots. Like still today, like I'm always, every time I'm driving, I'm always looking for spots. And that was something that I, that was like, <laughs> one thing that I loved doing was like matching a spot that I had had for like a skater. Like being like, dude, like, oh, you've got like heel flip front nose. Like I got this spot for you. Or yeah. that was enjoyable for me 
to to do that. So yeah, like to have someone like Dennis who's so like ungod like he's amazing. Dennis is one of my favorite skateboarders to watch. And he gets on the team and I have no opportunity to like right. take him to these spots that right. I'm like, dude, Dennis would be perfect for this spot. But it's three months before the video. Oh yeah, is it, to be at done. that point I'm already editing all the time, like yeah. like filming way less. Um, and now you're trying to get somebody else's footage to match kind of what totally. the video looks like. Which thankfully uh I think Dan Vellucci filmed most of Dennis's stuff and then I think Dan Wolf filmed a little bit but hmm. luckily they, they all shot it on like VX1000 which at the time I was very like adamant like like no VX2000 no VX2100 it's all got to be VX1000 I don't hmm. care if it's night footage or whatever um and so those dudes shot on VX and on the VX1000 and they filmed well so yeah when I got the footage I was I mean it was great yeah. Yeah. but it was yeah the the bittersweet part was like man I would have loved to have filmed some stuff because I had gone up to SF a few times during the process of working on skate more and Dennis would come out with us. So it wasn't even like, Oh, I'd never skated with him. Like I knew his potential and I knew how amazing he was. Mm -hmm. And Huff had really pushed to get him on the team. Like early on Huff was like, you, you got to trust me. Like this kid, Dennis, he's on real, like he's going to be amazing. Yeah. And, um, and I think it was like Huff's word kind of, toward like Tim and, and, you know, just everybody else at DVS who hadn't experienced it firsthand. And I think, and not, I think I feel that Dennis is one of those skateboarders that no video part will ever do him justice. Mm -hmm. He's sure. one of the, that yeah. select group that yeah. where you're like, you see them in person and you're like, Oh, there's like, the in-person yeah. skaters. And then there's the video part skaters. Totally. Yeah. Where the, you, I'm a video part skater. I see, you see me in real life. That dude sucks. <laughs> I can't believe he's even sponsored. He has got a name on his board. He can't even skate that well. But you know what yeah. I mean? Then there's the people who are just like that. That part I, is. I, I, he. You're never gonna get anything what you see in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd seen footage of Dennis at four and one. Um, there was like, like early stuff, and I remember being like, "Oh, this kid's good." And then I skated with him like a few times in San Francisco, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like. Uh, he's, I'm trying to think, you know, he, he's of that same style of like a Mark Gonzalez or these, these skaters that people look up to because they're, um, he, there's no, he, there's, there's no, like, you can't anticipate what he's going to do. Oh, yeah. Like it, everything's like first try and then only one try. And like, you're like, wait, you're not going to do that. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, but yeah. you almost did it first try. Like they, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. bounce around in like this crazy, like in magical. The moment, yeah. yeah. In the moment. Uh, and it's pretty magical to witness. I remember sure. seeing him at pier seven when I was like 17, I didn't know who he was yet. And I, I like, Oh, I think I've seen you in a video or two maybe. And he, his wheels were all flat spotted crazy. Uh, I, and he was just charging and he backed 50, 50 up the the two stair legs yeah. but i was like that's just a back 50 50 but that is so hard to do uh -huh. on those ledges because oh, yeah. they're they are but i was like this guy's gonna be special yeah and i think a big thing for him was what didn't he win tampa or he skated tampa pretty well in one time i think around this he time. did he did um yeah, yeah it all kind of came together i remember the reason i think he really got put on was that that real video had come out which was that first free dvd with like a yeah. thrasher mag yeah. right like so it was like a game-changing moment for the industry like a free video it was like what was that one called roll forever or there was um think, no i think it was roll forever right and and he had a, he had like last part in so it. you're telling me real messed this whole thing up yeah <laughs> yeah giving away exactly. free content exactly <laughs> exactly or, or if it depends on how you look at it or they set up that you know youtube that was sure. like the, yeah, the, the, the premise for youtube free for everyone yeah. um so, but he had a part in that that was like undeniable. And I think at that point, 
but it came out right before like mm-hmm. you know uh we were finishing up the video and i think tim was like oh yeah we got to put him on yeah, like he sure. he is something special uh the the skate more stuff did you have uh all the intros and the 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 graphics that yeah. were done with that uh did you was that somebody else down there did you have any input yeah, in doing all that stuff it was a team effort um sure. so that the actual name and the whole graphic look of it, which is a, a riff on Monty, Monty, Monty Python. Python, exactly. That came from the art director and the assistant art director. So this guy's Steve Zaitsoff and Matt Deke. Was that there. like their vision? And then you... So, so what... They knew I was working on it, right? Sure. And I was collecting footage. And we would, I would go up into the art department room and like, t- you know, oh, I got this thing with Daywon. I got like, some stuff with Jaron. And, and so they, they knew kind of the video was coming along. And then they essentially like pitched me on the... Hey, this is what we were thinking we call it. Because... I think at that point, dude, I'm not thinking about what's this thing going to be called? What's the graphic look like? This is, you know, we'd only been filming for like a year. I'm so laser focused on just getting tricks and making sure that everybody's going to have a part Mm -hmm. because that was a big concern of mine actually, because Jerron and Chico and Daniel, all these guys had been kind of montaged like the last couple of videos. And these, I loved these guys skating growing up. So I was like, dude, these guys are going to have a fucking part in this video. There's no way this video is going to happen without a part. And sorry to interrupt. That was right after. Yeah. Right. right. Which you were, you wanted a part in that, but you didn't. That was like the, the full disappointment like part for me just because I didn't get a part but I definitely conveyed that to Colin going into yeah yeah we was like we were on the same like oh dude let's like we're making a part so which I'm just saying that because that was it like I I didn't even think about like the name of it and shit like that because one that stuff's really hard to come up with um i think for anybody who's ever made a video so the art department or the the people they came up with the they name. did and they had, those guys are rad like those guys have gone on to be really Hell successful yeah, in the industry sometimes yeah. it <clears throat> excuse me sometimes it comes from like the skaters though for sure like yeah right you know it's like yeah. yeah right yeah right exactly. even bunny hop was like something that keenan, keenan would yeah. say mm-hmm. right exactly. so a lot of the times it does come from the skaters for sure like on tours and yeah, the, the little trips. The yeah. inside things exactly that yeah. well i think i think girl especially was always pretty masterful at that yeah sure. they would take something that was like an inside kind of joke or saying or whatever and then they had also had the in-house art department to really bring it to life yeah um, and i think they had good people around them i think they had spikes guys who were really witty and they, totally. they had people who would really come up with like funny names totally you know, good, good names uh, i i mean that's i mean i grew up idolizing girl and chocolate videos sure. like those were my touchstone for like oh if i can only make something that looks and feels like that um, from the beginning, from like Goldfish, you know, like the mm-hmm. first time I saw Goldfish, mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, it was it was next level. I mean, the skating was amazing. The film, I mean, even the filming, it was all cohesive, I think, in an era where stuff was still pretty it, not cohesive. Mm-hmm. It was like homie cam and whoever you could get footage from. And then, you know, we'll kind of tie it up together at the end and put a logo. But like that video felt really yeah. um, well produced, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost my train of thought. No, just we're talking about the uh, the Monty Python oh, the, yeah, okay. stuff. So they came in and they were like, hey, we're thinking like the art direction would be like the Terry Gilliam Monty Python animations. I, my dad's Scottish. He's from mm. Scotland. I grew up like as a kid watching Monty Python, even before, I, I'm not trying to claim I, I understood it. Like I was like a little kid and I'd be like, what, what life, life of Brian? Like, what is this? Like, what are we watching? Holy Grail. Totally. It was... It was <laughs> It, when I was really young, it was too advanced. The right. humor was a little bit too, I, I couldn't, ta- I mean, I thought some shit was silly, but I didn't get it. And then of course, as a young adult, like you revisit those things with your friends and I'm like, holy shit, it's amazing. So when they pitched it, I mean, I was like, yes. And then the, maybe this is interesting, maybe not, but the whole term skate more, I think it gets said as like one word, almost like sophomore, right? 
but it was really two words. It was skate more. And their original ad campaign they wanted to do was like skate more. And then it was like curbs, skate more jump ramps. And we were going to do all this stuff with these kind of at the time, not now, but at the time, kind of these irreverent, um, you know, obstacles and things that skating had like long forgotten because mm. skating was like still on that like forward progression track, right? Everything was about progress, like more stairs, more flips, flip in, flip out. And they were like, hey, let's like kind of take the piss out of that and poke fun at it and be like skate more. And and so we were going to try to do ads with, you know, the best skaters in the world skating. A jump dumb ramp. Yeah, yeah, dumb shit. Um, that would have been ahead of the curve. I mean, that is ahead of the curve because at the end of the day, that's where we're at now. I know, I know. No, those guys were great. Steve and, and Matt have great senses of humor. Um, and so, and, and I like to think I'm receptive if I'm not, I'm receptive to that stuff. Like I love putting humor into stuff I do. It, it's either like, I find that most of my work is either like very humor centric or I don't not I don't want to say it's not like epic, but it, I want to evoke some sort of emotion. You could say sure. epic. So, you okay, yeah. well, <laughs> epic sounds kind of like, I'm like, but, it, I, but I'm definitely going from one of those two. I want to make you laugh or like feel mm -hmm. something. Um, so when those guys pitched it to me, I was like, yes. And then they had like a whole kind of deck, like they were oh, pitching whoa. me on it, um, which to me was unexpected. I hadn't been in this position before. And like you said, I think I had expected the name and the video concept to come out kind of organically so i have to say it was a relief when these guys pitched it to me and it was so on point with like the way i was feeling about skate videos because even though we didn't go through with that ad campaign the whole premise of the skate video was kind of taking the take taking you know poking fun at how serious and epic some skate videos had gotten at sure. the moment mm -hmm. and so i was like oh yeah great like i would way rather be making something with that as the the tone lightheartedness yeah exactly it's skating let's have fun totally because that's kind of where i come from like when i go skate with these guys i'm i mean if you hear me in like my own footage it's so annoying i giggle and laugh and like <laughs> i have to really fight that like um you know that i'm not doing it and ruining the clip sure so i was yeah i was on board with it those guys they had a, a whole deck like a pitch deck and they had like mocked up ads and i was just like and then now you got to bring it to the skaters i you know what that's funny man i don't know how it was presented to you guys in terms of, I would think it was like you guys are out filming and you're like, "Hey, Dubs, we're gonna do. It's gonna be called Skate More now. Right. We're doing this Monty Python type vibe." I don't know exactly when that took place. Yeah, um, I think again, it was for me. It was very organic. Yeah, in the sense where when I was supposed to find out, I found out. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, and, and it felt right. So yeah, I, I think we had like T-shirts made and stuff, mm -hmm. and, and you could see the Python like influence in some of the stuff. So right. I think it was more of like at the time when they're showing up at the office, like getting some gear. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like Monty Python style. We're going to do these animations, which the animations, um, you know, even so Steve and, and Matt had presented the idea. And then when it came time to execute it, you know, they had given me some assets to work with, like mm -hmm. the, the logo and that, you know, I can't remember if they made the hand with the VX or my buddy Bucky did. But um, Tim Gavin, who was running DVS at the time, was like, you know, he, he used to ride for girl. He's super close with Rick and all those guys. Yeah, Wright had just come out, and he wants the production to kind of Match. be on par. Yeah, yeah, Tim was very much con you know conscious of that. Was like, dude, we can't like half-ass it. So he was like, hey, there's a guy I want to introduce you to who used to work at Four Star and over at Girl doing graphic stuff, and he does animation. And Johannes. I think so. Not Johannes. Johannes's former partner, this guy Bucky Fukumoto. Okay. Um, Bucky and Hannes actually were partners in a lot of that stuff, and then Hannes kind of stayed at. Um, 
I don't know if he stayed at, at, at Girl and Chocolate, but they they kind of for a while. Yeah, yeah, they kind of separated, mm-hmm. and and they did some stuff outside of Girl and Chocolate. They did some some pretty big music videos uh, in the early two thousands, um, and as soon as I met Bucky for lunch and was like kind of pitching him what had been pitched to me, like oh, we're gonna do this like Python, so we want to come up with like these opening animations uh, for each rider, and. Um, his sense of humor was like he anything I would say he would take it and elevate it and I was like oh per- this is perfect like I didn't have to ho- like hold his hand or be like and then you know right. this is why it's funny like I would say something then he would riff and it'd be way funnier than I was even thinking and I was like F- like perfect so it was the perfect match mm-hmm. and we just met up over like Astro Diner in Silver Lake and like talked about like what we could do for each guy to kind of we, what we were trying to do was um, show a bit of their personality, but also still like kind of poke fun at each one of them in a way that was like, I don't know, sincere. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was like a loving, like a big brother, kind of yeah, like, look, sure. I'm going to talk shit on you, but we love you. And, you know, um, and so we would just sit there and riff on like each, each person and like what it could be. And <laughs> Mikey and, Taylor's intro and like that whole thing is nuts. Dude. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this episode is supported by AG1. When I first started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel a real difference in my daily health. I also had more energy, and I also noticed I felt more relaxed and I could focus easier. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I also love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support, magnesium and vitamin D for energy support, adaptogens to balance my body's stress level, vitamin C and zinc to help support my immune health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner with us for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash nine club. That's drinkag1.com slash nine club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B. Go check it out. His came about, so his was more organic, like, cause you know, cause we would be talking like what, and you know, some, some stuff was obvious, like Jerron had the cornrows at the time. And then, so, and like, like, it was like, he had had a couple ads, I think with, for a shoe with the rose and we're like, oh, we gotta like shave his like cornrows off, but it needed to be like, you know, Victorian era lawnmower guy. (laughs) It couldn't be like contemporary. And so Mikey, his part, um, you know, Mikey was one of those skaters who says all of their Very internal verbal internal <laughs> all of their internal yeah. stuff is coming out at you, whether you've asked for it or not. <laughs> and I realized that pretty quickly. So I would let the camera roll on him like when we would just go filming because I knew he was gonna say something. Right. Um But it was so fitting because like yes. people that didn't know him for sure got a little glimpse into that and what you're talking about, their totally. their character. And, and that's what it, it was important to, for us to do that because I think at, if you look at Skate More, it's a very straightforward skate video. Which is great. There's like an intro and then and not even an opening like montage. It's just an intro and then the first part. Right. So we knew that because we wanted to keep it very kind of streamlined and, and classic skate video, like the only way to sneak in personality for these guys 
to make them stand out aside from their skating was to yeah like how their intros needed to ha- show some of that stuff right, right. and yeah and some of them i think were better executed than others just because sometimes we, we just wouldn't have like the footage for it you know or like for instance with daywan's intro where he's like skate it's just his animation and he mm-hmm. he's kind of like doing one-footed manual shit on like you know the the pyramids at, in egypt and stuff that was because for me that whole slam sequence of him that opens up his video part of him falling like a, yeah, you know, a ton. Yeah. that to me was like his personality thing sure. so it was like we couldn't double down on it so his 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 animation intro had to be kind of like uh, kind of silly but then i knew you were going to get way more day one personality right because up to that point i don't think anybody'd seen day one slam yeah like you know mm-hmm. like i can't remember seeing him fall in a video i don't think deca videos ever no, showed him really. or, no. and really. so for me when i started filming with him a lot he would, I would be like crying, laughing at his bail. I felt bad, like you know, like laughing. <laughs> but he's so agile; he would always pop up, right? You know, like he'd roll right at yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. So I realized it was okay to laugh because yeah. I'm like, all right, dude's cool, like you know. Like, uh, yeah. um, but for me, that was like fascinating. You know, like I'd never skated with somebody that could do that so gracefully. Mm-hmm. I guess you know, like I, when I fall, I. I fall and I look like, oh, that guy's never skateboarded before. No, he just, day one's not, not affected by it at yeah. all. He'll yeah. fall all day, like bounce out of here, like, dude, what the? He's just like this stocky, this totally. muscle and guy. And he's just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, like, exactly. you're, 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 like you're a sack of rocks, right? It's totally. Just boom, like yep. this. And day one's just bouncing all it, over the place. Dude. And I thought that was, I thought that was like cool to show. Like, you know, which I know maybe at that time still, this is pre-internet footage, right? Where now everybody knows everything about everybody. But at that time I was like, oh, is this kind of like a funny side of him that gets left in the edit room? <laughs> yeah, you know, Cause I'm sure Sock has like cool shit like this oh, from, you know, time. back in the day. Um, but yeah, so this was, so day one's kind of the only part that has this kind of long intro to mm-hmm. it that's not an animation. But it's good though, because <laughs> I think I think at the end of the day, like day one, he skates very low impact, right? It's it's all manuals. He, except where he makes it impactful because he right. skates like yeah. 30 miles but, but at the end of the day, like he slay, he <laughs> takes, he works for his shit. He does. He yeah, really takes some slams. Yeah. And I think that was the thing too, right? Like uh, again, at this time, this for me, working on this part with day one, because his previous video parts, like the second to none and like sneak preview and stuff, they were great, but they were so technical and so low impact. Even his uh, round three part came out like half a year before this. Um, they were so technical and kind of low impact that I almost felt like people didn't really know how hard he was working for the, some of this shit. Yeah. And, I, and that because we had chosen to film at all of these kind of you know left of center spots at the time, I think just putting the part together without seeing kind of what he went through would have been a disservice. Mm. Like you would have probably just been like, Oh cool. They want rips. Like, and then that way you going into his part right now, you're like, Holy shit, this guy like is working for this. I love it. I'm down. So I love it. How did you, uh, the songs, it was interesting. The songs were really good, but it was like, you like, like, uh, Jamiroquai songs with yeah. like, they were in like, uh, Napoleon dynamite in these like, that was because Jeremy, I think, was a big Napoleon Dynamite fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was that song. There was There's some songs in the video that I chose. There's songs that the team writers chose. There's songs that, like, I remember Jerron and I worked together on that one because there was one thing that, I mean, there was a lot of, um, they weren't, like, rules because there was no rules to it, but there were kind of, like, guidelines that I'd set up. And, like, one was, like, kind of, like, VX1000 only if we can. Like, I didn't want those other cameras. I didn't like the way they looked. Um, the other one was like, hey, let's do like no hip hop in the video. And even though half the team and myself included, I grew up on hip hop, like it was kind of like, let's just not 
do hip hop. Let's mm-hmm. do something else. And I think that also though came from, I loved like mouse, you know, and like a, a videos that felt like not only visually cohesive, but like the audio component was, was like well thought out. Not that skate more is on that level at all because it's not a cohesive soundtrack. But one thing that we did kind of put into place. Cause you know, you got, you got to understand Mikey and Jeremy for sure wanted to skate to hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> and it was definitely like Lloyd Banks or like some, some G yeah. unit, like very G unit yeah. heavy. Um, that dates that so era true. so well. Dude, dude, like, I mean, bro. I didn't listen to any of that. I was kind of, I had already kind of waned myself from, from hip hop at this moment, but those dudes were like all about it. And I remember having those and they were kind of like, they weren't like hard talks, but it was like, Hey, like, let's do something that's just a little bit more, uh, universal, you know, yeah, like you, right. it, it's not so kind of and like timeless, like like I, I you think can, so. Yeah, in a sense where if he would have used Lloyd Banks, yeah, it would have yeah. been it wouldn't have been like nowadays. Like in this moment, I'd be like, dude, that song sucks. Like he should probably. <laughs> yeah. Should <have> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so working with those guys. So Jeremy, I think he loved like Napoleon Dynamite. So his solution was like, all right, well I'll do like that Jamiroquai song, yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, and I was cool with that. I mean, Jeremy was very much like his own person and had his own like ideas for stuff and he you know i didn't film with him a lot during the process like particularly he's one of the guys i didn't not because i didn't want to or anything but he's he's jeremy i don't know how to explain him he was just doing his thing he had his like his crew out in the valley and like (laughs) he was filming with dario usually wasn't he He was in scuba yeah Yeah, scuba steve and dario Mm -hmm. uh would film a lot with jeremy and mikey um and they were they were it's funny because at the time it felt like a much larger age gap but they were considerably younger you know so you know, Jerron and Day One, these guys are a couple of years older than me. And then I'm a, a few years older than those guys. So I naturally was gravitating toward hanging out with the older guys, like, you know, Dill and Carrie and mm-hmm. the guys that I really liked their skating. And it wasn't because I didn't like Jeremy or Mikey's skating, but it's just, I think, how it is when you get into skating, you you look ahead of you. You look at the older yeah. the older guys. It's, you grew it's, up watching them. You yeah, saw it's, it, yeah, yeah. You, you seldom look back at the younger guys. And even though you can acknowledge their talent and how amazing they are, it's just you i don't know you just i think that's a thing in skating you just are always looking kind of to somebody older than you or your same age to kind of reference sure um but yeah so yeah the music was kind of kind of all over the place but it was good though it fit it it worked i I thought it worked it worked uh dill chose his song okay um barra chose his song barra actually edited his part so the part you see in here is probably 90 five percent edited by steve huh what did you think of his edit well uh, there's a story behind it okay he brought me the edit like 24 hours before i had to master the video why Why did he want to edit his own part though Uh, was he just that he wanted to make sure he wanted the uh, steve's a filmmaker whether you like it or not or like whether people like steve or not steve's a filmmaker he's he's made he's the only professional skateboarder that i know that has written and directed a, a feature film starring you know top tier like (laughs) a-list actors like and 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 that's not the only film he's written he's written other films and sold scripts Mm -hmm. like he's a filmmaker and a storyteller and it was later in his career also so he probably wanted a certain feeling and look to whatever totally and so because he like i knew he was capable so it wasn't so much that you knew this going in i knew this going well i didn't know it going in but i knew like once we got deep into the process that he really was like hands-on and and had like a vision for his part and there's already like 12 other guys in the video so i was okay with it and like i said because steve's a filmmaker and a storyteller i know he's gonna 
make something that follows like those same kind of arcs you know it's mm -hmm. got the beginning of you know some sort of you know rise and fall mm -hmm. and uh, the only unfortunate thing was that he he brought it to me 24 hours before i had to master the video oh, yeah, he, he came over with um I remember he came over to the house and he had it edited on a mini DV tape mm -hmm. and he had Final Cut on his laptop at the time. And this is right before Final Cut was like a viable editing um, uh, tool. tool because like the slow-mos sucked. It was like, it was almost there. So he basically gave me it on a tape. I digitized it and I had already had all his footage digitized and my own kind of rough layout of his part. And then, so I just basically traced it and then cleaned it up a little bit because <clears throat> you know, you. I've been editing longer. So I'd be like, oh, it needs to be slid over like two mm. frames to hit the beat. Or, so you're, you're uh, taking what he did. You're recreating it to on the timeline. Totally. And then right. just, and then I, you know, I edited the intro though. He didn't edit the intro with like, you know, where he's at his skate park and stuff. Like I had that footage and, oh, and that was I, your idea. Uh, it was his idea, okay. I think, because he had had the surgery and he wanted to show that he had, I think right. what that was, was a way of without saying, hey, I didn't have that much time to film this part. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that much time to film this part. Like right. I had, yeah. I had some I think setbacks. as a skater too, you're kind of self-conscious about sure. all that stuff. For sure. I, I can like, imagine. Hey, I, I was hurt. Definitely. I had surgery. Exactly. Back Were then you, too, you're not really, there's, there's no, no really outlet exactly. to let, let people know. No one's yeah. seeing it on Instagram yeah, or an interview on, yeah, exactly. On the nine club yeah. Yeah. where you can talk about it. Exactly. So Were you filming all this stuff with him? Or was he with the? So I only filmed a handful of things. I filmed this line with Steve here at La Cunada High School. La Cunada, yeah. Um, and this was kind of early on. And so I filmed with Steve early on. And then what happened was Steve was a bit of a night owl and would want to film a lot at night. And I had a young kid at the time. I had, my, my daughter was like a year and a half or two or something. And, and I was pretty involved with her day-to-day life so night filming for me was really hard mm. like i had to make sure if i was going to go film at night that it was worth it because then i was going to be wrecked the next morning and then i couldn't help out with like mm -hmm. getting her ready for you know whatever yeah. and young kids wake up at crazy hours and mm -hmm. stuff so i filmed like that there was a line at like um the chinatown library that i filmed mm -hmm. what did um, you think about uh I, well, him making all these spots okay so at the time i was like I mean, you know, I mean, you could probably put two and two together, but if I'm the guy who's like, it's only got to be VX 1000 and there's no hip hop, how do you think I feel about filming manufactured spots? I'm pretty conf <laughs> conflicted. Yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted by it. And so. 2005 uh, was a very different time too. Uh, yeah. And a lot it of this stuff a was. A lot of people. He got a lot of flack. A lot did. of flack for it. He got a lot of flack and, for it. And for me, I was young and, uh, you know. In, insecure in many ways and so I didn't want to catch like fallout for that so you and already so, had that in your mind of like oh my god oh I knew he was manufactured gonna, exactly spots. I knew he would he would catch flack okay. for it um so if you watch his part the stuff that I filmed is all the stuff that is like a real street spot really yep. that and, and that was by design like for me I felt like comfortable I think I filmed like one or two tricks at like the bump to rail that he made like the front nose I think he does a line with like a front slide. board to fakie and oh, then yeah. like the Rick flip on flat. Yeah, Did I yeah. film that? I filmed that one of his little spots Or I filmed too. that. I filmed that kick for front board. Mm -hmm. I think I just filmed the kick for front board. But yeah, because you have a line at that, that rail. rail. Yeah. But I mean, I, let's be honest. I, like I was conflicted. I was. 50% of his part is literally like made up spots. Exactly. Yeah. And that was hard for me because I was hard headed at the time, right? I already thought like, you, like no hip hop in the video and VX 1000. So... I didn't want to manufacture, or I didn't want to skate the manufactured spots. Um, and he was the only one really he was doing the only that. One. And he was detailed. You saw he there was, was one that was like the all state no, sign, no parking or totally. something like that, or like he was. Like, and that's the thing; it was <laughs> his like level of attention to detail. He he utilized that filmmaking 
you know, like how he viewed things like storytelling. And he had like a friend that was a production designer. And so that's how he made those things look right. so realistic wow. is his friend was a production designer and he, and you know, you'd have to do that for a film, you, you know, like the, you, you, a lot of times you're making design. Yeah, exactly. You're making mm -hmm. up stuff cause you, to the amount of time and energy yeah. it would take to find it in, in the real world and would I, be yeah. crazy. To me, okay. I think what is going through his mind is he's lost all this time with ankle surgery totally. and he needs to film a part. Yeah. So he's going to manufacture spots in places that doesn't have a skate that he knows he could film at yeah. yep. and All produce locally, locally totally. and mm -hmm. produce a part. Exactly. He did get a lot of flack for it. Even to this day, he still does. He, he, yeah. But but it, but the, also the landscape has changed too. I mean, for sure. now if he did this nowadays, Big it'd be looked it'd be looked at differently. Yeah. For sure. Totally. But in 2005, people were tripping. For sure. Him. And I was I mean, I was even of the mindset, like I had a hard time seeing footage when dudes would land on plywood. Right. I was like a purist. <laughs> I was like a street skateboarding purist. Like if you couldn't skate the spot as it kind of, as it laid in front of you, mm -hmm. I mean, I was okay with like duct taping a sign over a crack, but yeah. that was kind of the extent of it. I never brought Bondo anywhere. Um, what about drop-in? Like you drop it on a piece of wood. I, the drop-in wood thing, I was... I was split on that one. <laughs> uh, I was definitely trying to frame it out if I was filming oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah, because that stuff came in vogue. I remember like, and I think maybe, you know, it's an easy position for me to be in because I'm not filming on those things, right? So I have to be, as as an adult, I can look back at myself and be like, oh, Colin, you're like an idiot. You know, a lot of the guys that were doing the drop-in or the landing, it's like the Rowleys, Artos, these guys that are, they're on a hunt for these perfect rails to to do something that hasn't been done before. And to find that at a spot that you can skate anytime without getting kicked out, that was hard. Mm -hmm. So they had to, you know, either have like a, a landing or a roll up. And I wasn't filming with people that were looking for those kind of spots. So I think it was easier for me to be mm -hmm. of that, you know, position to be like, oh, I don't really like that. I mean, I definitely wasn't talking shit on those guys. <laughs> those guys were fucking gnarly. Um, there was no, it was just more of like, oh, can like, if we can just pull the wood out. So there is a clip in Skatemore actually. Um, Geronda's switch crook down this rail out in Newberry Park. Oh yeah. And, oh. and it's one of those rails that lands on a seam and you have mm -hmm. the potential to like land back 50-50 or your wheels in the dirt and eat shit. And if you look at the warm-up footage of Geron and Mikey skating it, there's a there's a piece piece of plywood in the dirt. And as they got confident, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's a rail that everybody skated, right? MJ, yeah. Fakey, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. back tail yeah, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah, square rail. Exactly. Square rail. Yep. exactly. And I took the, the Mikey does Nollywood 80 switch crook mm -hmm. and drawn to switch crook. And those were two tricks that they, they want to send you onto that scene because you're on top of your yeah, shoulders. It pushes you into it. Exactly. Sure. Did you ever talk to Barra after the fact that his part was getting so much flack? I mean, this is your video, right? This is your baby. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, it, it was focused on him, really. Sure. But uh, did you ever talk to him about it? I don't know that I talked to Steve about it, but many people came up to me about it. Really? You know, they're like, what's up with Barris part? Or what's up with... <laughs> and, you know, in my kind of defense would be like, oh, dude, I don't know. He like made this stuff. And, you know, and like... Uh, I only filmed like the street stuff. You know, I would try to be like, <laughs> like plead, like not guilty to uh, to it. Guilty by association. Yeah. Yeah. I would always trip out. I, I never really, I didn't mind it because I thought it, it was, he was so detailed with things. So, and sure. he was doing hard tricks. Exactly. And I would trip out on photos that he would get. Like, that's right, he would run photos. He would on run photos home. like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, damn, that's wild to see that in magazines. Yeah. And it's also yeah. funny too, because like we'd go to the barracks and the Allstate sign yeah. would be there. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's Allstate sign. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah, the, you jig, know? the jig is up at that point. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, and the uh, the yellow flat bars they would skate. Costin used them in in uh in fully flared too. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. later. Yeah, yeah those yeah. ones. Um 
Yeah, I, you know what? People would ask me about it. I don't think I ever spoke to Steve about it. I think Steve kind of knew where that I was conflicted on it. Yeah. Um, but also, like I said, a lot of that stuff's at night, and Steve was on these like night missions that I just couldn't be on. I, I, I did go on a couple. But I don't think I filmed any of his night stuff. I think we mm. we went and we came up empty-handed. Um, some, of the, some of the manufacturer stuff fell into uh, fully flared for sure to yeah. a degree it oh, wasn't yeah. that much but it was definitely like Mike Mo right. guy, guy there's yep. a couple things that were like oh that doesn't look like real but hey yeah, I, but at the time like I, th- I the think time was changing though know, well the, a little bit I don't bit. know well you see the original barracks the first barracks is in that skate more part exactly yeah. the little manual pad yep exactly yeah. and yeah. I, I didn't I think Ty filmed that the half cab uh, it was Uh-oh. like half cab Manny Manual. backside flip mm-hmm. yeah. Mike Mo's uh, front crook tray flip out yep. yeah the fakey front, front crook yeah. yep um, I but was there, gonna... it wasn't a whole part though That's no not at all it, it was, was like very sprinkled yeah, you know what yeah. I, I have a, a feeling that be, you know, Kelly, you were talking about like the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I think that's what set people off was that they had felt like they'd been fooled. Like had it been a little bit more kind of like transparent, like here's some cinder blocks I, with angle iron. Like I they might've just, they might've been like, oh, he's skating like that spot. It's kind of whatever, like a DIY. I agree. But because he went to those lengths, which is funny because he I actually agree. put in the actual effort and time to make it look real. I think when people... I think there was also a bitterness too, like, yo, where's that Allstate sign? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. people wanted to like go skate that thing. People are driving by, there ain't no Allstate sign. <laughs> no, <here."> totally. <laughs> there ain't no Allstate that's, that's sign. That's by the house. And I was like, this dude just did. For sure. Look at this. I think there was a little bit of kind of like, 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 God, you're, like you're, they'd been taken for a ride, which yeah. is, he wasn't trying. He was like, I think he was just trying to like do it. And and then like you don't ever have to discuss it, you just do it. And then totally. I think people were like, wait, that's not like you said. They would drive by a spot that they recognized, and then that obstacle's not there. Yeah, going like, back to like his movie background and and set design and everything, yeah. it was like normal. T- it was normal for sure. For he, well, he's he like, was, oh, this is what they do in movies. Like, yep. I'm just going to bring that to skateboarding, exactly. and it's going to be rad. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think it, it just was. It didn't wasn't met with the same reaction right right right. but it's i i uh, i full heartedly agree with you that it was uh the the wool being pulled over people's eyes or that's what they took it i think that's why it was received so so poorly yeah you know but ironically enough he goes on to make the barracks which is essentially just manufactured street spots and every you know everybody in their uncle wants to come skate it so it was like he might have just been a little bit ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. because the the, you know internet wasn't really popping off yet in terms of being able to you know put like film something one day and post it the next day that that wasn't there yet yeah it's amazing if we do that now i think it's it it would be acceptable you know what i mean i think so like really make a dope spot and yeah i I made that now it's no longer there well there's i I can say one I, i can say one that and i don't think i'm like blown blowing up anybody's spot um jason hernandez mm-hmm. made a, a a very realistic spot that's not real um Which it's one? like a oh i think oh, the one they skated back in the day all the time it was, it was like two a, ledges no it's or, like a, a bump over like a like a handicap rail kind of railing and like stefan had like a switch flip over, over it a few years ago and i want to say karsten had like the cover of like the when like um nike chronicles came out mm. The, it was a cover. It was like a 360 flip cover, like super. It's just like a, a quick little like hit over just like a railing. So the railing, like was, the railing's perpendicular to the bump. The railing mm-hmm. was fake. Mm-hmm. The railing's fake. So ah. I drive by that school all the time. I take a ceramics class on the other side of that school, and I see the bump every day. And there's no railing. Interesting. And there's two bumps in a row. And, right. I, and I remember being like, it was one of those where I'm like, wait, there's no railing there. And then it was all, oh, he right. just bolted it in the ground. Well, Amazing. also you got like, you know, he made the, the Hernandez ledge, Jason Hernandez ledge. True, yeah. true. Yeah. But those looked like the DIY, DIY 
yeah, yeah. was this fully one, acceptable. This one yeah, looks legit. Like sure. the, the railing that he chose and everything mm. looks like you would the kind you'd find at an elementary school. Like it looks very oh, official. Yeah. And there's no attempt to be like, hey, this is, we made this. Okay. So my point being, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's up in arms over the fact that that wasn't real. Like well, no one would care. It still right, looked cool. Right. Totally. I think going back to the fact too, I mean like people were doing stuff like Mark Johnson had a bunch of clips filmed in Dwindle with a black background but, and just skating piece of true. wood. This right? true. I, was it in Yeah Right maybe? Um or wait, what yeah, was it? Was in back, yeah, right. Back no, 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 ground, not yeah, backside right. flip. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. That was yeah. in Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's he, he's not trying to fool anybody. It's just yeah. like, hey, it's just a black back. He, there were curtains. Sure, there was top. like an attempt to kind of like <laughs> set dress it, it a yeah. little bit, right. and then I think that's the thing. Yeah, Steve was just like, oh, I can do like the real fucking thing, like, you know. And then and people <laughs> yeah. just weren't ready. They weren't ready for that. I guess. Yeah, myself included. We have a lot to unpack. I mean, I know we've been talking about skate more for yeah. a long time. We could talk about skate more this whole episode, but I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about a lot of other stuff okay. that you've done. Is that, unless there's anything you want to touch on with skate more because you worked with no, just working I, on your just, part that, or anything? That was definitely one of my, I think, most impactful parts for myself because just to take the taking the time and the dedication to know that I really wanted to come through for this video yeah. and you really like helped me through that process, bro. Because I definitely. I, I was a little salty from yeah, right. right so right. yeah, no, this was a that was a very you know a time in my life where I was just like, I had to lock in and make sure that I had to come through for myself, and but not could, only yeah. for, for for DVS and for Colin. Yeah, and you could get like a a W under your belt. Yes, for like sure. for your, not only for your and everybody to see, but you're just yourself, totally, yeah. especially yeah. too, definitely. Dude, I grew like. I was what, 18 that came out. No, okay. no, no, I was like 1920 actually. Okay. And I was like, this is the one of the last videos where I was like watching it all the time. Yeah. You know, as you got older, you're like, okay, you're not watching all the new videos all the time. You're trying to make your own. Your yeah, own video. yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I was a huge fan of this and thank you guys, both of you guys for making this. And uh, it, I, it, it influenced a lot of skateboarders to get involved in skating and like the progression of skating. So, Dub, and a good feeling video. The fake spot. I know. It was the first first line in the video. First line, he's getting the fake spot. <laughs> we had to get it out of the way. Oh and then it's like all into the regular the street stuff. So, I thought it was spot. a good. It was a good feeling video. I, it was yeah. actually. I was. I mean, I was really proud of it. Um, and I knew that that was probably my only opportunity to like work with that level mm. of like a group of skateboarders. Like in one place, that's nuts. Yeah, Daywan, yeah. Jerron, Dill, Barra, Huff. All-star cast. Yeah, I mean, I was like, when is this going to happen again? Because these guys have other sponsors. Right. And I'd already knew that because of like, you know, that first year of me working there, everybody's getting pulled in all these different directions. So once it was like, oh, we can focus on this, I was like, let's do it. And it was DVS's first video. We are going sure. off the fact of like, you know, the other shoe companies are coming yeah. out with their little videos. DC is yeah. probably working on one. They were, yeah. And, there, and theirs was, a. I mean, we were looking to that one as like oh shit like what's dc gonna right. do because dc yeah. was huge they got, they got and money you know and they had had greg on board right. and you know danny was just you know the mega ramp was all brand new i mean they were like and i'm sure you coming from 411 this is like your chance to like oh for sure show what the hell you can do well that, i mean right. i left 411 for dvs to do that because sure. i 411 was great but it was like always this like ever-changing cast of people coming through and you're oh, you're working on a rookies with this guy and a profile with this guy and a week oh. it was very quick and like the turnover was quick right and i wanted to right. focus on like a team and make like a i wanted to make a video like the videos that i grew up on sure like you know like i i loved i loved videos growing up and to not have an opportunity to make one, I could feel it like irking at me. Yeah. Like, damn it. And and some of my other 
uh, peers at four and one had, had recently left and were making team videos. And so there was definitely like not jealousy, but more of like, damn, like they're doing it. Like I want to do it. I got to make a video. I got to. So was four and one on, on a quarterly drop at that time or was it still monthly? Every, every other month. Every other so year. six yeah. times a year, okay. but there was also like a best of and like a Tampa. And uh, so even though it was only six regular issues, it was like about a dozen issues a year. Mm -hmm. Once you factor in like the best of Tampa, Vancouver, were you Europe, editing Europe. at all or were you editing four and one stuff or you just yeah. filming? Oh, you were editing Yeah, too. I mean, if you want to, I mean, we can talk about the four and one stuff if you want. Really quick though, um, dubs going back. Is this one of your best, like favorite, in your opinion, is this one sure. of your best parts um, or favorite I, parts? I, I should one of say? my favorites. And yeah, definitely. Um, again, I think fun at the time just because of, yeah, the whole, I had to, I had to retrain myself and not just be able to go out spontaneously. And I had to be like, all right, I'm going out specifically to go do this and mm -hmm. to accomplish something. Well, so, cause you had your eye on the prize too. Like you said, you were salty coming off of your totally. right and everything. Yeah. I so, had to redeem myself. Right. Yeah. That's dope, man. I, I, I like the fact that you got that opportunity though. You know what totally. I mean? No, like, that was the time. That was like the moment where I had to like either do that or I was about to like be ghost. Right. You know what I mean, cause like, like I if, if skateboard wasn't, right then and there what would have been the next project like years from now probably there, from i mean then. unless i would have just came out of myself and right. just did like but that wasn't even like yeah. being done yeah, no one yeah. was doing that back nobody then, was yeah. doing their yeah, own there was like, no like we're just gonna put out a video part no yeah. no so no that was like the the make or break moment to be yeah i think we all felt that mm -hmm. like i like myself included like i knew like this was it like there was no like oh then we'll just make a video next year or we'll do that promo like no. it was like oh I, like all these guys are here like, we have to yeah, to make the most of it for sure Huh. Yeah. Um, and then, like yeah. I said, so, uh, well, congrats, both of you guys. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. It was a great video. Seriously, that was like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Good, it was good monumental duo right video. There. Monumental, you for know? Sure. And I think for you being, having, you know, your first video yeah. to kind of show the, the world of like, hey, this is my my work right yeah. here. Uh, yeah, know, I guess. huge. Yeah, yeah. Because you, like you said, you, you're coming from 411. Yeah, and I'd made was, a bunch of stuff there, but you're kind of anonymous at 411. Right. It, it's like, it's just 411. There's no like, oh, that's the dude that made that Wheels of Fortune. Like you're just uh, right. kind of like a part of the system. So yeah, there was like, I mean, I was conscious of that where I'm like, oh, this is my time to like kind it's of be like- conveyor belt. Like, hey guys, like I can make like a skate video. Yeah. Mm. Dude, you're like what, 25 at that time? When it came out, 25, yeah. Crazy, bro. I was young. So yeah. how was your time- God, we got to get into so much stuff here. But how was your time at 411? Like, did you enjoy it? Did, did it get I old, did. the conveyor belt uh, aspect of it? I mean, look, if we could, if we go back to the beginning, I was a fan of 411. Like, when that shit came out, uh, the first issue I saw was issue two. And I, w and I had no idea that it existed. And I watched it at a friend's house. And I was like, what is this? I, I, I was totally captivated by the fact that it was like a road trip and then a thing where, you know, with like, you know, and the wheels of fortunes and everything was so basic at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, hey, I'm, you know, Sage Humphreys and I ride for Santa Cruz, like, <laughs> you know, Sage Humphreys. That's yeah, like, that's I, I think that's issue two, maybe. I don't yeah. know. And then in a couple <laughs> months, they're coming out with another one. And then like it's another one. And well, another I, one. and yeah, and I, well, my brain is like reeling because all I know before this is like a, a team video, you know, and uh, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's four and one because they'd already seen the first one, I guess. So they were all, you know, you know, <laughs> and you know, teenagers are too. Yeah. Like, yeah. whatever dude like <laughs> um and then i think right i'd seen issue two but it was like issue three was like came out the next week like i'd seen issue two at the tail end of its kind of life cycle on the shelves and so i was hooked and I, issue three is what like costin i and, think i had a wheels of fortune and like three. And you did and like so. scott johnston mm -hmm. and uh 
Yeah, you had the wheels. You skated like Robinson's May a lot. Yeah, I would do. We were like, we gotta go to this. What is this Robinson's spot? Robinson's May, dude. Sick. It was such a good spot. So that I, that ground is the oh, best, bro. It, and is. it was so funny because like that just it was just three stairs, yeah. yep. and it going up, it was like ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little trick in the middle, yeah. and then yeah. off the stair off the, at the end, off the little the, curb, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. Curb, yeah. And, or you could skate the little out ledges. Yes. dude. Robinson's May is like still in my heart is one of my favorite la spots yeah. ever that was a good spot beautiful, man. beautiful I gotta, spot i gotta agree so and, and being a fan too we would go we take the bus up there yeah and skate very um, short-lived though it seemed like it was for a while yeah. but then once it started getting like a little bit attacked yeah they changed it up real yeah, quick they, did. they remodeled it um so i i was a fan uh, of four and one and then the way that i got the opportunity to work there was before I got that opportunity, I was lucky enough to get, um, yeah. And dude, I mean, this part right here oh was gosh, nuts. This switch tray, this switch oh, yeah. tray here switch is like, is right so here, good. ready and light years ahead. <laughs> wow. Listen, Costa was a, a light years ahead of everybody. Dude. At every video party would come out, he was light years ahead. So, you know, obviously seeing this and then not, I mean, I don't know the exact timeline, but I'm guessing like six months, eight months, Snuff comes out, the mm, Gino's part. one, yep. And like Gino skating Robinson's, dude. I mean, I was just like, yeah. Um, we had to go there. That was like one of those like we got to find. And I'm like Robinson's May. I'm like there can only be a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like like it was Thomas guy now and oh, started dude, looking. Oh, dude, I, I yes. didn't have a Thomas guy yet. I was like 14 or it something. It was like Beverly Hills. <laughs> it was. It was like it was right in the heart of Beverly Hills. Um, I can't remember how we found out it was that Robinson's May, but somebody told us like, oh, it's the Beverly Hills one, and we're like, okay. And so I asked my mom. She drove us out there. Yeah. My mom was rad like that. Dude, Frosty um, was so next level right here. It was insane. dude. So, I, I mean, mean, he's always been next level, but right here at this time, he oh. was just and, murdering uh, shit. What issue is this? Does, doesn't he do like, inward heel? Yeah, yeah. tail right there. God. I think issue... inward heel till the end. Uh, like, yeah. towards the... <laughs> oh, and it's not over yet. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah switch back five. It was funny and because... switch inward heel? No, back switch back seven. I think uh, at this point in time, too... So issue two is around when girls started, right? So they had yeah. a little like Thing at industry. The end. Oh, the grapevine. The yep. grapevine, right? Yeah. I, I remember it as a, as a girl commercial. It was Gavin up the stairs at the courthouse, down the stairs. Yep. All the names popped up and it was like girl skateboards. And I was like, what the totally. hell? And so even in issue two, they yeah. were breaking news and like monumental yeah. shit yeah. was going down in these things. For sure. For sure. And we so, like, whoa, dude. I, I was hooked. I, I loved the format and I think, mm. you know, I was the right age for it. Like, you know, I'm like 14 or something. And, um, and not to say that you couldn't like it if you were older, but you know, but for me, it like just, it, I would imagine it's the same way like when a kid discovers YouTube Clicked. or something, yeah. you know, yeah. it was like, what? It's like all coming at you. Um, so I was a big fan. And then, you know, of course, as skateboarders, our goal was to like get in a 4-in-1, right? So I wasn't thinking about like, I don't want to film for a 4-in-1. I, I want to get a trick in chaos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Maybe I could get a dunt in a... I wasn't delusional. I knew yeah. I, I couldn't get a dunt in a... I was trying to get a clip in chaos or something. Um, but, you know, some of my friends started getting pretty good. And I thought, oh, like maybe you guys could get like a Wheels of Fortune. Um, and we would, you know, like everybody else, go out and skate and film occasionally. And I, I remember the first time any of our like circle of friends got in four and one was um, Anthony Acosta was part of our crew. And he, I think Kirk DeAnda filmed a couple of clips of him at this gap in Costa Mesa. And he got in like a chaos and like, I think in the teens, like 17 or 18 or something. And we were just like, oh, dude, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, like we're, we're, we arrived. Like, <laughs> he was in a chaos. And, uh, when did you come in to four and one? So, what issue? So my, the first issue I had footage in was 28. And okay. then I started working there at issue. What did you get? What trick, what trick do you get in there? Oh, you I, didn't in get the a, I didn't get a clip. Oh, you didn't get a clip. Yeah. No, but like, <laughs> oh, you're a filmer. Filmer. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
yeah. Never your dream never came true. You never, never slid yourself came. in there, even when you worked there. I ended up in a in an, a shop industry section, <laughs> <laughs> slightly less uh, prestigious than a chaos, but whatever. I'll, yeah, of course, I had to slide myself in there at some yeah. point. I remember this shop industry <laughs> section. I remember your trick, man. It was what was the trick? Ground, uh, Montoya you would know. know Montoya you, would you know. know. Was it a furnace? Was it a furnace one? No, it was, it was Liberty Borchard. Liberty Borchard. Okay. Issue thirty four, which I think is like your favorite issue. Well, it's one of them. But Pachinita is yeah. That that, that one. Yeah. I do. Re- do you pop ship at Crook? I do pop ship. That's yeah. what it was. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. whispered yeah. it in wow. Kelly's ear. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew what it was. I Montoya somewhere right now as we were stumbling through that was like pop shove a crook like he I would get texts from him randomly would just say pop shove a crook (laughs) (laughs) so that was the first issue that you oh but you were in before that so you worked there before that so no so what had happened was um uh you know going through high school skating filming whatnot hurt myself my senior year like in the summer going into my senior year pretty bad like I tore I didn't get it uh, checked out but I rolled my ankle really bad. Um, at the Pacific Beach Middle School rail. It's like the, oh, the corner, corner pocket yeah, one. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Alyssa Crooked okay. grinded it in Toy Machine video. Gotcha. We went there and we were like warming up and I came off like a board slide weird and rolled my ankle. And it was bad enough that like the rest of the summer and the first few months of my senior year were shot. Like I couldn't skate. But I, that's all I did was skate and watch skate videos. I didn't party really. I didn't do anything else. I, I had like very little social life outside of skating. So not filming at this time either. Well I was filming, but okay. filming the way that you would film with your friends where I'm filming them, then they'd film me. Sure. And mm-hmm. so but because of the injury and I still wanted to like hang out with my friends, that's when I kind of like ramped up the filming. Mm-hmm. And I'd already filmed we'd already made like a homie video the summer before. So I'd already done filming and editing on like two VCRs and mm-hmm. stuff. But now my friends were getting better too. So I was like, oh, I was like inspired to film because they were getting better. Um, filmed a lot my senior year. And uh, that summer um, uh, kind of was like the, like the life-changing moment. Uh, I graduated from high school. I start junior college in the fall. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I'm taking like a screenwriting class and like a visual, like just like an illustration class. I know I want to do something in the arts. I don't know what though. I'm, I'm going to Fullerton Junior College. And I'm still skating all the time at this point and filming a little bit. And um, uh, there's a rep named Bill Keller. He's like a mm. massive soul tech rep. He was yeah. a rep for like Nixon. He was, a, he was like one of the biggest Southern California reps at the time. And he, you know, like how kids get on like shop flow or rep flow. So Bill was like the king of rep flow. And he would always have his eyes out to like hook He's up so the, the Team local, BK, right? Team BK, yeah, yeah the best. local talent. I, me being, I didn't work at the shop and I wasn't good enough to be on RepFlow. I was oblivious to who Bill was. I didn't know who he was, but I was the local c- kind of camera guy, like filmer. Um, and so somehow the owners of Liberty Board Shop. We got to play um, this. Oh, there it is. Yeah. This famous tr- tr- No, don't, don't run it back. No, Just we're running it back. Once is enough. <laughs> no, we're going to slow-mo this thing. No, there's some budget-ass style on that. <laughs> I remember there was a there was locked a, in there. Locked totally in there. locked. I like this. There was a cool song. I can't remember what the song's name um, was, but it was like I don't know. And Danny, Danny Garcia does a switchback tail shove in the stage. He does, yeah. And you know who filmed that though? Pat Chinita. Hey, yeah. just had him on the show. Yeah, because I was Circle. filming with Pat a lot for his profile at the right. time in uh, issue thirty four. So Bill Keller, you were um, uh, you were oblivious to what was going on over there. I, so I didn't know who Bill was, but mm-hmm. I guess Bill behind the scenes had spoken to the owners of Liberty and was like, "Hey, I want to make a video, like an independent video of all the." people I flow for like S in America, you know, Soltech and Nixon, whatever. And I guess he had asked, his original idea was to, 
um, he purchased a VX1000 and his original idea was like, all right, I'm going to go to these shops that I have the relationships with. I'll loan them the camera for like a month and they're like local filmer guy or, you know, or whoever, this team manager or whatever, they can go out and film stuff, give me the footage and then I'll give the camera to like the next shop. You know? And then he's going to get it in 411. No. And then he was going to make a, his own video, gotcha. like a, his own video to kind of showcase like this kind of uh, crop of talent that was a new horizon. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, it was the new horizon <laughs> before a new horizon. I guess. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was, the, it was the prequel. There was one one small step, wasn't that? That's the, that's the one. So oh, this okay, is the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So okay. it ended up becoming this, this video called One Small Step. But, but what I'm getting to is just the beginnings of it. And somehow, somebody at the shop was like, "Oh, this this kid Colin films a lot with the guys. Like, we'll give him the camera." Mm. So they called me up and they're like, "Hey, come down to the shop." And again, though, this is nobody has a VX1000 yet. Like nobody. Um, I remember running into Tim Tim Dowling at a spot. Uh, he was filming with like James for Listen or whatever, and I had a VX, and he was all, "Whoa, like how'd you get that?" And I was like, oh, "It's not mine." Like, and I knew who Tim was. Like, t- you know, Tim already was like, "Well, this is the dude that films like you know Mouse and yeah. girl videos." Um, this is like 1998, and uh, so anyway, they I go down to the skate shop, and they're like, "Hey, here's this camera from Bill," and they show me out, and I'm like, "What is this?" And before this, dude, I had like a janky, like not even high eight, like eight millimeter camera. Um, where it was like kind of manual settings, but a lot of it was, you know, the shutter speed was like golf. Like, you know, there was no, you couldn't even sh- set the shutter speed. It was just like, uh, it was like a golfer or a swimmer, like for different yeah. shutter speeds. <laughs> um, Indoor, outdoor. Totally. And so uh, I took the camera home and we, I went filming with my buddy Evan Shufflebine. Yep. Um, and we like watched the footage on my TV and it was like, dude, it was m- I, I can't explain to you. We were like, oh my God. We were so motivated to film from that moment on that it was like every day, like we're filming. And it was like, with, and we had to tell everybody, we're like, dude, James, you gotta like, you, you guys gotta be able to film with this camera. <laughs> um, so we filmed like a ton. And uh, and what happened was Bill's original idea of like passing this camera off to different shops and letting different people film, that kind of went out the door. And pretty soon Bill would just give people my number. So suddenly my circle of like friends and the community I skated with went from like James Craig, Danny Garcia, Evan Shufflebine, uh, Sean Farron over at Liberty, like to suddenly I'm getting calls from guys that like, you know, utility board shop in Upland or Furnace, like Montoya and Rob G. And so I just started filming everybody and I knew who I was a skate nerd. I knew who all these guys were, especially because my friends were like young and trying to come up. So I was aware of the young, that generation trying to come up at the same time. And so, um, so yeah, I really, I filmed for this video for like a, a better part of a year, I think. And in that process, one day, this is getting to the four and one story. Uh, in that process, one day I end up, uh, meeting Chris Ortiz at the Arco rails in downtown because he's shooting a blind ad with Gideon. And I know was already skating with Gideon and James a bunch cause mm-hmm. they, you know, Fullerton, we were locals, uh, and friends at this point. And, um, and I knew who Chris was and it had never dawned on me before this to like try to submit footage via like, you know, call the phone number or whatever. But here he is in the flesh and I'm like, hey man, like I've been filming for this video and I've got all this footage. Like I've got all this footage that I don't think is going toward the video. I'd like to submit it because in my head, Bill's video was just about the guys that he was flowing, right? For Soltech. And so I was filming like my buddy Evan rode for Castell and Gideon rode for like Vita or something, you know, like mm-hmm. these people had other shoe sponsors. So in my young, I'm young here, like, oh, I'm like, oh, well, their footage is like, f- like fair game. I can like do whatever with it. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to be in the video, not thinking that he's just like 
you know, thinking that whatever I'm filming is going to be in the video. I found this out later. There was like a total <laughs> moment of like, he was very disappointed. And I can understand as an You adult. had already submitted it to 4 in 1? Yeah. And so he was like, yo. Well, it came out and people were like, oh, dude, thanks for giving me that line in the chaos. And, you know, and everyone was like all buzzing off it. And then he was kind of like, wait, like, why, why wasn't that video? Like, that shouldn't that be in our video? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, but he like, it's DC flow. And he, in my head, I was like, oh, they're not like part of your... And he was like, it's not that rigid. Like, I'm just yeah. trying to showcase this. I, I didn't get that gotcha. until after the fact. So so my first footage that I, I met Ortiz that day at the Arco Rails with Gideon. And I asked him how to submit it. And he was like, oh, you know, bring it, bring a tape down. And so I did. I brought a, a, like a, a tape down um, with, you know, I brought a few tapes down with footage that I felt I could submit that wasn't going to... Um, you know, like whatever jeopardized the video I was working on. And so I gave them a bunch of stuff and this was issue 28. And so okay. I think my buddy Evan has a wheels of fortune in that issue. I think Gideon has a rookies in that issue that I have a few things Ooh, that I filmed. Good, yeah. I think you filmed I, both of those parts. Yeah. I filmed Evan's stuff. I filmed not all of Gideon's. I think sock filmed a lot. I filmed some of Gideon's, um, and then a bunch of the chaos in that, in that, in that issue. But the cool thing was they didn't tell me what they were going to use. Like the skateboarding was still very much like, it was like a surprise. So when I got that issue and we all watched it and like the chaos came on and it's like a line that I feel we're like, Oh, like bugging out. Like I'd filmed all this stuff in there. I got, I got a lot of footage in there. Um, and I, it was like, that was like a big moment for me where I felt like, Holy shit. Like I got footage in the chaos. I got like a wheels of fortune. I got like, it felt like, Oh, I could like do something with this. Did you get paid? I, yeah, I got paid. I okay. got paid. Yeah, uh, what did yeah. you do? Did you have a rate, or do you like go to the clips? Like, I got all these. No, clips. no, they no. I mean, four and one at this point. You know, this is issue twenty eight. They're like a pretty well oiled machine. So they had somebody that's like documenting like who filmed what. And twenty dollars for this clip. Or Ooh, that's forty dollars for that's, the line. I think it's like ten bucks a clip or something. Okay, whatever. But, um, Fifteen for a line or right. something like that. Was it really that much? Yeah, it was like I mean that much like that little or that yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, that little that little yeah it's like ten bucks a clip <laughs> yeah. no I think I, it was I think it was like ten maybe ten or fifteen a single and like twenty a line it was it was pretty wow it was, it was pretty low and then yeah. an opener was like two fifty but just imagine mm, so. how much footage they're buying off of everybody. exactly exactly like they can't afford to pay exactly pay what was your first opener that you filmed oh that's a good question um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the uh, I filmed Clyde's no slide at Bricktown. Oh. What was that? What issue was that? Like 32, 30? I think that was before 34. 20. No, no, it was 30. Do you know? 33? 32? 31. 31. 31. That might have been it. Uh, I don't Maybe think it I was had. 30, no, yeah, I think it was 31. I'm trying to think. I don't, I didn't have. I filmed, I filmed that. I filmed that right there. I always Ooh. thought that was sick. Um, Dude, with the ten and fifteen dollar rate, I, I filmed this. I mean, and as a kid, I was yeah. so stoked. I, didn't I mean, no, that that's super dope. I'm just yeah. trying to think about from a business standpoint, like how did they? I filmed this. They probably got it out of filming a vi like a, a a monthly bi monthly video at that time. Yeah, for a thousand bucks, like a fifteen hundred oh, uh, bucks. Yeah, or like if that. You combined it all. If I mean, you no, combined like, everything. I think it was like maybe like maybe closer to like you know like five grand worth okay. of, of but then the yeah. other people that were filming were on staff so they yeah, were part right. of the salary sure True. but at so, the same time they're selling it to every skate oh totally it was there. huge so oh yeah they were they got a good distribution they were profitable yes, yeah definitely. so i so i get the um the footage in that issue and uh, and that's it you know again i'm really young so like to me i'm like that's it like i don't have any there's no future like plan in my head um luckily because I'm still working on this video, the one small step video. So that's my next kind of thing. You know, the goalpost is like, all right, well, we've got to finish this video. And like I said, once Bill had found out that I'd given all away that footage, there was, a, I felt bad 
because he, you know, he let me know how he felt and I was like, oh shit, okay, I, I see your, your point. And so then I kind of kicked it into overdrive to like, all right, I want to, I want to make good Get this by that. Right. So let me go out and like kick it into high gear and, and keep filming. And, and we did. And then, so right as we were finishing up that video, which I didn't edit, I'd never edited on like a nonlinear editing program yet. Mm-hmm. So that whole video was edited by Bill's neighbor who was like, a just coincidentally going through film school. Okay. And so I kind of sat in and gave some notes and stuff, but a lot of it was his decisions. There's a lot of like color effects and things mm-hmm. that I think he was just experimenting like, like you sure. would at film school. Um, so right as we're wrapping up that f- video though, uh, Ortiz calls me, Chris Ortiz. And he's like, Hey, there's a summer tour going on this summer in the Midwest and they need a filmer would you want to go on it? And he's like, uh, he's all, it's Chris Markovich, Jeff Rowley, Charlie Wilkins, Mario Rublicaba, uh, Chad Knight. And I, and I think that's it. And You're I was like, like, nah, those are all like exactly B team. Totally. And in 1998, I'm like, what? You know, I'm right, like, right. yes, sign me up. Um, 100%. so I was, of course I said yes. And I went on the trip and Rowley didn't show up, unfortunately. Ah, but everybody else was there. What year was this? This is '98, the okay. summer of '98. What was the What was the the company? Or so was it just randoms? It was a. It was for a distribution, actually. So oh. there's like that massive uh, Midwest distribution called AWH, and that's, that's why they right. pulled together such an eclectic group. Was they just pulled from all the brands mm. that they wanted to, um, and even at that time, like dude, Charlie Wilkins was ripping in 1998. He was mm. like, you know, an ATV kind of pre ATV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited to be on that trip because those guys were all ripping. Um, and it, you know, and I'm like, I'm on the road. I'm like in Chicago for the first time. And then do we, uh, my friends and I were all very, you know, big fans of like girl and chocolate and alien. And so I remember one of the demos was in Michigan and Josh Kalis was there. And I was like, it was funny. Cause I'm with like these like all-star. Oh, and you know who else was on the, the trip was Tim Brosh. Um, oh, wow. oh. Sick. this is shortly before he passed okay. a nicest guy. Um, easily the guy who made me feel most at home on the trip. Right. Uh, and Chris too, actually Markovich, mm-hmm. even though he's kind of got this gruff exterior, he was a real sweetheart. Um, and he, yeah, he, he was, he was awesome. But, uh, I remember Josh was at this demo and I was like to fanning so hard. And uh, so I filmed this knowledge flip. He does switch back nose blunt across a little, um, box. I don't know if it already went by or not, but, um, <sighs> but I remember just filming that switch back nose blunt. I felt like I was capturing like, you know like fuck switchback mm, nose right. but i'd only seen it done like once you know at right. this point um but yeah this was a, a, a this trip kind of changed my life okay. because what it was was i think very similar to what skateboarders go through when you get invited on to your first kind of trip when you're on flow it's like a, a testing situation yeah. how do you gel with people are you an asshole can you you know be in a long van ride and not annoy everybody because you know ortiz is gonna get and get a feedback on it, you absolutely, absolutely how was he how was he good he? to film with yeah was he, he were you comfortable was he a dick totally and and i gotta be honest i wasn't really thinking about that while i was filming i wasn't trying to like put my best foot forward i was just excited to be filming with this caliber of sure. skateboarders and and to be on the road it was also new to me um that I couldn't help but be like try to overproduce. Hmm. And then, so yeah, when I came back, Chris basically told me, he was like, you know, in, in the way that only Chris can say to Chris is not a man of, um, he's not like an overly affectionate. individual. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he gave me some gruff kind of like, uh, like they liked you or like they, they thought you were all right or whatever, you know? And I was like, cool. You know, what does that mean? Or he's like, Oh, get you on some more trips or something. Okay. Um, and so again, I thought that was kind of it. And uh, a few maybe a few weeks later, I got a phone call from him. 
um, and it was just out of the blue where he said, hey, we're looking to fill an assistant editing position at 4-1-1. Would you be interested? And then he was like very clear. He's all, there's someone else that we've asked ahead of you, <laughs> ahead of you. And if we're waiting to hear back from them, but if they like pass it up, like, would you be down? <laughs> and all, <laughs> which is, which was Tim Dowling. I found oh, out. Oh, um, wow. And uh, I but found that out much later. Assistant editor, I mean, you're, now you're off the streets in a office. Yeah, so I, I took the job. They okay. br they bring me in, and I and I remember though again, like man, so young, so many things. Like I, like this is me on the phone when he's like, you know, assistant editing job. Instead of just being like, yeah, I'd love to, and like kind of fake it till you make it. Like I'm gonna go do it. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've never edited. All. You know, I'm like <laughs> shooting myself, like basically unqualifying myself yeah. for the job, like as it's happening, because I'm pretty honest. So I'm just like, yeah, I've never edited. Like he's all, oh, that's fine, that's fine. We'll I think teach a you. lot of people yeah. back then were kind of. I, not knowing what the position they're getting into totally. and just but learning it, as they go. But some people are better about kind of being like mm -hmm. playing it cool and like, I'll figure out when I get there. And I'm just like basically shooting myself in the foot. Like in that moment, he could have been like, all right, cool. Well, we'll find somebody who's got some experience. <laughs> all right. Well, never mind then. Exactly. Exactly. So he, he, uh, I, I said, yeah, of course. I was like, yeah, if he passes and he wouldn't tell me names, you know, he's being very professional about it. Um, you found that after the fact? I, well, I found out after the fact it was yeah. Tim, yeah. but I found out like, you know, I think a couple days later that, whoever this mystery person was had passed on the job. Because um, Tim went on to film for Girl. Well, he was already at Girl. So this is mm -hmm. post-Mouse, oh, right? Because Mouse is 97. 90, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. And this is like this the was fall 90, of 98. So it's like nine months after Mouse comes out. Okay, I got my dates screwed up. That's yeah, okay. Right. So he, I think Tim, this is like film school time, right? Mm -hmm. like he's kind of like thinking of going to film school right. and, and his next kind of step in life. Sure. And um, I said yes, and I, I went down there and they showed me the ropes like, I'll never, you know, I went down there and uh, Kirk DeAnda and Josh Friedberg were running it pretty much at that point and doing all the editing. And Kirk um, kind of took me under his wing and like even things like, I remember I, I was filming with the, the VX and this is pre death lens and whatnot. And I had my steady shot on because in my head, I'm like, well, I want the footage to be steady. And he was like, no, dude, you gotta like turn that off when the fisheye, so that the fisheye doesn't bounce around. Yeah. But even things like that, he, you know, he gave me like little pointers and then he showed me how to, you know, like it, I had to start at square one. Like, this is how you digitize a tape and this is how we log it. Cause they were really organized. It's almost like you're going to school. Absolutely. I was in like an apprenticeship, sure. but I was getting paid and you know, it was everything like from like, this is how we log a tape, like, you know, an in time. And then you write the skater, the tape number, the trick, the location, and then you give it an out time. I mean, they were very, it's probably um, invaluable lessons at that point in time. Absolutely. And like to later on, I would meet like younger filmmakers and stuff and i would you know be talking to them like hey can i get a hold of that clip they're like oh i gotta find it and i'd be like dude how do you navigate this crazy mess and it was in those moments that i would realize oh they never had somebody to really show them a structure so that was josh like josh friedberg's very structured and so he had devised over those you know first few years of four and one going like a really um efficient streamlined way to not only like get footage and capture it but to like recall it so like if someone came down and they were like hey can we get that line of you know like weston from the firm road trip and <laughs> issue whatever like we could be like weston korea firm you know and then it would like pull up like a mm. i mean this is very like spreadsheet like yeah. Or, or, yeah. you know what tape it is what number what exactly the and we was. had a physical one too mm. so we had a digital one and we had a physical one so that you could for stuff that was semi-recent you could just like flip over the clipboard and be like oh yeah tape you know v 2972. Mm -hmm. um, so how long were you at 411 from this point on? Obviously, they, they, they got you out of the office and, and filming again and doing all that so, stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that was another like point of like conflict, right? Like 
I'm a skateboarder and I like filming. Mm. So suddenly I like find myself in, in the office a lot. And at first I didn't mind it because I was so you're learning. Exactly. And I think it's invaluable. And like, in 1998, these ed, this editing program they had me on, dude, this was like, uh, I want to say each system, each edit based system was like 50 grand. Whoa. Like it was a real investment. And wow. so was it, it avid or something? No, it was, what? it was media 100, media 100 which 100, was, which right. was Macintosh's, it was like, you know, Avid wasn't compatible on a Mac at the time, mm. I, I believe. Avid was like for PC-based stuff. And okay. they were all Mac-based. And so Media 100 was like the main competitor to Avid if you were on a Mac. Gotcha. And so I, I, it was interesting to me because it was so powerful. I had suddenly, you know, the same way that like only a year and change earlier, the VX felt like like everything looked good. Like we got to go film with this. It was suddenly like, wait, I can slow-mo this and I can I can take this clip and move it before this. And, you know, because before that it was all linear. Like I had to be like, what line do you want next? And then you put the line right. in and then, you put, you know, it was very, uh, you know, restrictive. And this was suddenly like, oh, wait, I can, I remember the when I was like, Kirk, how do you like put the sound underneath like a different clip? So like if I wanted your VO under something, and that was like, right. you know, because it was like my brain could think of these things. And I didn't know how to do them. And then now I could do them. So yeah, I, at right. first I was fine being in the office and I would like edit. I would stay there till two and three in the morning and like edit chaoses. I mean, as much as it was like a honor to film stuff in it or to be in the video, it was also an honor to like edit it. Like, like a chaos would come out and I'd be like, dude, I edited that. Yeah, and I'd be yeah. like a skate shop and people would be like fanning out on it. And there was like, they didn't know I did it. And I'm not going to say that I did it, but inside. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that was me guys. But inside I'm like, that. oh, I'm See like. slow-mo? See I that the voiceover right there? <laughs> totally. But then That's when me. they talk shit, I'm like, well, whoever did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but wait, how'd you find, how did you guys find music back then? Okay, so the music at 411, they had a very strict, we don't pay policy. <laughs> So because like it's overhead, right? You're trying to make something profitable. Music licensing has always been expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Like licensing it for a commercial or a movie. The same thing even with 411. It was much less expensive back then because um, like you could put a time limit, like, yes, you can license it for this issue and this issue is only valid from, you know, X to, you know, from A to B. Right. But Which now- it's great because they're only selling it for a month and a half. Exactly. So yeah. you could, pay, in theory, pay to license it and be like, cool, we're not going to sell it after this point anyway. Yep. Um, or we're going to sell so so little after this point that it's nominal and no one's going to, you know, sweat it. So they had this, this, like, they wouldn't pay for anything because what it was was the moment they paid for one song, everybody else would hear about that. And they'd be like, well, we heard you paid for this song. So, oh, so they never man. wanted to open Pandora's box. The way that we got the music was- Chris Ortiz, his aunt, I believe, was like someone really high up at like MCA Universal. So every now and then you'd see a four and one with like a fucking good song. And you're like, Halloween, you're like, so it's these kind of budget, 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 and then a buttery. And then buttery. Yeah. Then it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like a, I want to say they use like a Mace song for like a, uh, like, they, you know, Puff Daddy and Mace for like a, 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 a chaos or like. They even um, more mo money, more problems from exactly. Biggie. They used that. I was like, it was the first time I ever heard that song. Okay. I was like, wow. yeah, <laughs> and that was and that was all because of Ortiz's aunt. Because every now and then there would be an album that would come out, and like you know, skaters are into what they're into, and they'd be like, hey, like Ortiz, we noticed it's on like MCA or like a MCA subdivision, like you know, subsidiary label. Like, ask your aunt, and I guess she was like big enough that she could pull strings. Because mm. dude, I edited a, a road trip to a Bob Dylan song to the Hurricane. Oh shit! I mean, not you know, like these yeah. are like ma major songs yeah. that people are going to pay arm and a leg to use in a film. Um, but that was few and far between. And the rest of the time it was like the labels would be sending us kind of their up and coming artists yeah. 
and you know we'd have to sift through it every now and then we'd get like some gems but okay. that was one of the gripes right people would be like like four and one dude the music sucks or like or why'd you use that song and a lot of it was like dude this is not what i'm listening to when i'm in my car like right. this is just what we have access to because we can't pay for it could you imagine though if four and one actually was using like the best songs all around like yeah. that uh, would that would destroy yeah skateboarding videos to be right. honest totally with you like right. oh Jeremy Ray couldn't use Kareem, the song, yeah. because 401 used it. Yeah. That would that would have been and you speak, horrible. You speak of a really valid point that especially back then there was like that unspoken rule in skateboarding that once a song had been used, it was off the table. <laughs> Even Man. if it was like 401. Totally. It was just off the table. Like, We've had like, oh, these discussions, bro. This yeah. is like a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For up. sure. For sure. And I think you're right. Like because the the amount, the frequency of 401 and the amount of it ruined different edits lot. on it. Yeah. We would have eaten up all the good shit. Not all of lot. it. And there's yeah. so much good music. hundred percent. But, yeah. but, but um, just the fact that if you could use. Yeah these songs that you know imagine jamie thomas not skating to like you know credence or whatever that yeah. song was it says uh, oh 401 used it in a chaos yeah whoa are you, i rolled chaos bro? i'm <laughs> just saying so i know exactly what you're saying it, it's true um yeah what what we were talking about um what the fuck were we talking about kelly i don't know i lost the train no the music oh, the music yeah so the oh so, how would you i'm sorry go what, ahead so you can you can choose chaos whatever you wanted to choose, but what yeah. about working with someone like a profiles or whatever? Were you talking with them or they? You got to choose whatever well, song works. So one of my earliest jobs as the assistant editor would be like, here's this new box of CDs to go through and like put post its on it for potential tracks. And so I'd listen to dude like I mean, so many CDs and and Enya was the most four uh, four in one. Uh, I, I mean I my, Enya. not Enya. Uh, Vast. Vast. Vast, okay. sorry. Okay. Well, you can, Vast is because when I got there, that was, so Vast was on Electra Records, which I believe was like a subsidiary of MCA. And that was one of the CDs that was in like one of my first like piles to review. And I earmarked like two of the songs and was like, oh, these are kind of fucking like epic. Like, you know, and I, I didn't edit it to it first, but I had like earmarked it and Kirk used it in like a credits first. He used like one of the Vast songs mm -hmm. in the credits. And then when the best of came around i was like oh i'm gonna use that song in the fucking chaos because it's like you know it's fucking anthemic and yeah. um but yeah that was that was how that came around was i would just sit there and listen and listen and i'm i've always been into music so that was not a chore for me because i would discover new shit like that like they would have stuff that i i couldn't you know cds were like 18 bucks a pop back then i couldn't just go buy a cd and sure, ha hope sure, that sure. there was something on it so yeah. some of that was like personal enjoyment where i'm like oh this is kind of a sick album or this is whatever um but they had different relationships with different labels. They had a, a relationship with like Moax, which was like a pretty uh, well-respected like 90s, like mm. hip hop kind of trip hop label, uh, like Uncle, that band, like they came out on, on Moax and mm. like um, like DJ Crush and DJ Shadow mm -hmm. and like so you, all that. So you just there. had to really, you had to dig deep to you find to some, spend some, time. some decent songs. For sure. You just had to spend right. time. Right. And then there was every now and then there'd be like a request. Like um, I remember, you know, because Ortiz's aunt did so much you know for us to get good songs every now and then there'd be like a, an upcoming band like i remember like blink 182 was oh. like an upcoming band and they were like hey we'd be stoked if you could use something off of this whatever their first album was before they before they broke sure, and were huge sure. um and we we're like okay and like we we're like you know but there was stuff like that like where these they they saw the benefit of like getting a younger band into four and one that it would be seen right because 
she, I think they would share the metrics, right? Like Ortiz would tell his aunt, like, yeah, we sold, you know, 18,000 copies. And then mm -hmm. we figure that, you know, each copy is watched by, you know, four friends and, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. no one's watching these things by themselves sure. all the time. So I, I always like Kelly. Lights are off, you doors are closed. I probably, I probably <laughs> under. Yeah. I mean, like you, you introduced Fans. me to a lot of music, dude. Straight yeah. up. It's crazy to hear this, but like, I always get stoked when like, remember Rob Deerdex, uh, record label. Yeah. Was PJs. PJ, PJs. Yeah. Th that was dope. Yeah, did you? Did yep. you? But how was? Did you just hit him up for that? Or no? And I, th I, that, I think they had already formed a connection before I got there. Um, but like, I can say like certain stuff like, um, like they're, they're, these are all like I was really into like underground hip hop at the time, and and so I was like, oh, I have this position to. We'll, I'll finish Rob's thing. Yeah, Rob's, I think, was already in place. And I think Rob, you know, through DC and like Josh Friedberg and like, I think Josh, because Josh was into that music too. So yeah. I think Josh was like, yo, Rob, like let us, you know, put stuff in our videos. And Rob knew had the exposure. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of those things, like how many times have you heard skaters be like, oh, if only the artist knew the exposure, they'd let us use the song. Like, oh, to yeah. their back. Well, luckily some of this stuff, the people did know. And so they were kind of like, hey, we know the value of this. Mm. So please use our stuff and use it for free. For sure. Right, um, right, right. Living I, legends, you had to. So yeah, yeah. so that was, I, I can't like claim <laughs> that I brought them there because our, our buddy Justin was like a massive like hi, uh, hip hop fan and he knew like every underground, like yeah, bubbling. Underground right there. Yeah, and so LA. he would introduce shit to me and then every now and then I would get like, kind of the blessing to put it in. Cause we knew like, if you put something in four one, you're now taking it out of the, the underground and potentially putting it out for not the masses, but like a larger audience. And mm -hmm. maybe so people who are precious about that stuff would be like, Oh, like what? Like I remember I used, um, for a Caswell Barry's wheels of fortune. I used, um, uh, the, the groups called atmosphere, but it's that MC slug. Like he ended, he ended up having like some mm -hmm. success in like the later two thousands. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I used a song and that was the first time that had ever appeared in like a skate video. And like the, the dudes that were like real, like diehard fans, they're like, what the fuck? Why would you use that song? Not cause it song wasn't good, but because like, you're like, exposing, I think, I'm exposing it. And I think they were also bummed. They're like, fuck, I would have skated to that song, <laughs> you know? But I was, I was excited to introduce shit because I, because when I was introduced to it, I knew how much I appreciated that. For and I was sure. like, oh shit, if I appreciate this, like uh, these guys should be making money or like people should be showing mm -hmm. up at their shows. Cause and they, they're also worth... you're, you're, you're exposing it to your own people. Totally. That's Definitely. what I mean. Like these guys are going to yeah. like this. I'm like, if I like this, these guys are going to like this. I used to bug out like when dudes used to like hold stuff so sacred. Like I remember just going back to the Bay and like hieroglyphics was like such a big deal. Yep. And like, Javante would have a tape and I'd be like, can we like, can we take that? He's like, nope. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like you need, we're trying to, you're trying to spread the love. Like, totally. you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the, that's the grassroots of trying to yeah. get music out there. But like, nah, dudes would be so cool. Like, nah, you can't, you, yeah, you nah. can hear it right here with you me. You want to take it down to LA? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're trying to blow these dudes up, bro. For sure. And that was, and I, and I ran into kind of similar stuff like that with, with like living legends and like atmosphere and like, and those bands groups um oh, i remember you guys used jazzmatazz for mine I think yeah, yeah. Like guru. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah yeah that was that before was like i worked really there cool. but that was again i, I want to say they were on oh, the album was on like chrysalis and mm. i think chrysalis was like it's all those are all sub labels of like where MCA. they can use that yeah amazing so you worked there for five years no no like two and a half two and a half so like fall of 98 like in the office through january of 2002 okay and that's when you went over to dbs or 2000 yeah 2000. That, 
2002, yeah, yeah. That's when you went over to DBS. Yeah. And then, so from that point on, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I now like, it's okay. So I, then you're starting to skate more. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of working on other projects. So the yeah. skate more project didn't really get started until so like 2003, probably. 2003, yeah. right. And okay. even then, it was like a slow start because like these guys were finishing up. Sure. Yeah, right. And Mosaic and sure, sure. the real video. I didn't so. realize how fast the turnaround was because we're so used to like working on videos for so long. Yeah. But two, probably two and a half years of like, right? Yeah, it was. I'd say like maybe three, maybe two actually okay. really yeah, from, from like once we started like really working for it, it was like two years. It was a quick, it was yeah. in, the, in a scheme of things at that time. That was a pretty short time frame to work on the video. For sure. There's so much more. So much more. Yeah. We got to get away from this 411 side. I, I love sorry, it. Kelly. I love no, I I'm love sorry. it. I like Kelly could talk about 411 for 8 hours. <laughs> Let me shout out Chris Ortiz real quick. <laughs> no more 411. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. cuz just yeah. I just wanted to just say Ortiz gave me, you know, uh, Bill Keller gave me my first kind of big break and then Ortiz gave me the life-changing kind of break. I got to tell you man, Chris Ortiz is the best dude. Straight up. He, he is. is so rad. Yeah. yeah. So, Legend in the game, yeah. bro. Big for shout real. out to him. And and humble and quiet and behind the scenes. So mm -hmm. he's not the kind of guy. I mean, he, I don't think you'll ever see him on the 9 club. He's not that. I've talked to him about it. Yeah. Oh, he'll never come. He doesn't right? he's yeah. like, "Ah, dang, yeah." yeah. Hmm. All right, no Such more four and one. I'm sorry, Kelly. No, we can talk about after. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ish, issue thirty-eight is my favorite issue. I think thirty-eight. Just, just if we're talking favorites, though. Who's in thirty-eight? I, dude, I'm, I, I've popped my head. I can't. If That's I, the Keenan and Gina. Oh, the room. Oh, you rooms. filmed that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That one yeah, was, that was legendary, that was bro. Wow. Definitely. See, we got to stop talking about We got to talk now. about, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> all right. Well, here's the, we, there's so much more to unpack with I know, all, this, all the projects you've done. When you're there, old, yeah, you've done a lot of stuff. I know, but there, there's actually, there's actually a few that I've picked out that okay. I want to really talk sure. about because I think one of them is crazy important and it was on the barracks there, Barrick and me. I hope I'm saying oh, his yeah. name right. Uh, the Ross Cappuccioni. Yeah. Is that how you yeah. pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, you did that piece, which was incredible. The kid got uh, lured into his friend lured him into um, a shooting, and he yeah. got shot with the shotgun. Yeah, and a robbery left, basically. Robbery yeah, was left for car, dead. Yeah. And um, this was a huge thing mm. um, that the barracks put out. Yeah, and you were. How did that whole thing come about? Because super interesting, and and thank God that, that he's still alive to tell the story because it's crazy. Absolutely. Um, you know what that one's that one's interesting because that's you know there's uh, there's oftentimes like I seek out projects where I'm like oh that sounds interesting or I mm -hmm. want to do that and that one kind of just landed at my feet and I wasn't aware of the magnitude of it when I first started at the barracks so um, I worked at DVS for like nine years so from January of 2002 until January 2011 and I left DVS to work at the barracks because Steve was you know. Um, a DVS rider and had spoken to me kind of in the later era of my DVS tenure and was like, Hey man, I'm doing this thing. Like I know you, and I'd already seen it kind of mm -hmm. starting and he's like, I, there's a lot of opportunity here to do, uh, more storytelling, more, more storytelling and different types of, of storytelling, you know, not just a, around a product. Cause when you work for a brand at the end of the day, it all has to come back to like the, the new, the new Geron too, right. you know, mm -hmm. like it's got to come back to it. Um, so one of the things when I first got there was they're like, hey, these are some emails and some potential leads on like stories, like people that have been reaching out to Steve. Like, can you sift through these and, and see if there's anything there that's like interesting or that you want to do? And I got to be honest, at first, um, it was overwhelming to go through all that stuff. And I was like, I don't know. And I was like sifting through emails and trying to figure stuff out. And then he, Steve was like, hey, what, you got to check this one out from this kid, Ross, in, in Michigan. And I was like, all right. And... 
I remember reading the email, and I think it was maybe Ross's something with Ross and his mom, or um, but whatever it was, it was very understated. Like the way it was described was very kind of matter of fact, and it and I had no idea the the details of the story based mm. off of this email. Okay. It sounded like in my head, I don't even think that it went into the details that it was like an ambush situation with like a, a friend and or you know or an acquaintance, and there was a robbery, and it was like this kind of really like story of like almost like betrayal sure it to me it sounded more of like you remember how daniel was the mm -hmm. unfortunate victim of a random shooting right drive-by drive shooting. exactly and so where it wasn't it wasn't aimed at daniel he right. was just unfortunate and so i think i had thought that ross's story was similar that he was just a, an innocent bystander of something and and was unlucky and wrong place wrong time exactly mm -hmm. and uh I, and anyway i ended up reaching out to him and then i think we had a phone call maybe and he started like telling me about that. I'm, I'm a little unclear on how I kind of found out a little bit more about it. It was either through a phone call or another email. And I was like, Whoa, what? And he was like, Hey, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in Southern California, uh, like next week or something. And I was like, all right, well, let's meet up. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I was kind of like, Whoa, it, there's, there's something else here that I, I wasn't aware of. But even then it was, it was myself and Daniel Duarte on top of, the roof where Barra had a loft in downtown. We just went up there with like two little DSLRs and like a lav mic, kind of not knowing what the story was gonna be. Mm. And so we just filmed him. We just had like a conversation for yeah. an hour and change. And as he's like, the story was unfolding, the way it like unfolds for the audience is how it was unfolding for me. And oh. I was just like, holy shit. Um, I mean, I even like cried at, at the moment when he was describing when his, because his parents couldn't find him, right? right? So he was shot and, and his parents had no idea where he was and he was in this hospital. So when they finally got word that where he was, that he was in like critical condition and he'd been shot in a hospital. And he was like, I remember him saying something, he was like, you got kids? Like how? And I was just like, right. tapped in. I was like, fuck. I started like kind of weeping like during the interview because I would put myself in his parents' position of like, mm. That's heavy, new, I can't imagine, you know, because he was unconscious, he was in a coma. So it wasn't even like, hey, your son's been shot and he's in critical condition or, or he's caught, you know, he was like unconscious. It had been like two days. Like, um, yeah, that, that ended up, it was one of those things Like I hadn't planned on making that when I got there. And then when we made it, it was so powerful. Um, and I just kind of edited it together just it was there wasn't a lot of forethought kind of the way that it he was breaking it yeah, down yeah exactly kind, I of, kind in... of just did it in in sequence and then found some visuals that could assist in it and i actually asked him i remember i said hey could you film if you're okay with it could you document like the journey to that location wow. where you were shot and so the footage that's in the edit that's kind of shaky and whatnot that was him going back there for the first time no since way. the accident yeah which was crazy, and I knew that was a big ask. I remember being like, "Hey, man, like I get it. If you don't want to go there, like I would wouldn't want to revisit right. that." But I think he really wanted to like share his story in the most powerful way that he could. And I remember when I got that tape, I think the fact that you could I could feel his like nervous energy that was way better than some like slickly shot sure. like perfect polished polished mm -hmm. like you know like we're gonna go back there and get like you know on the slider it's almost the like dolly. it's through his hands his totally. eyes the shakiness of yeah. the camera and everything but i we we gotta pre we gotta paint a picture for people listening or, yes. or watching that haven't Sorry. seen this um basically the story was is his friend was his friend 
was yeah. asking him to go drive him down to a very shady place. To like pick something up or something. Right, for a couple of days. And yeah. he didn't want to go down there because it was a very, I mean, people don't, the cops don't even drive down there. That's, right. That's how shady these places are yeah. uh, in Detroit. And his, he finally agreed to, and the kid turned on him and shot him with the shotgun. To, yeah, to rob his, to, to take his car essentially. Yeah. But left him for dead. Left him in, for in an dead. Alley. In yeah. a, Listen, I don't want to spoil. That's the gist of it. I don't want to spoil yeah. it because, like, people out there watching this should go watch it because it's yeah. a very powerful piece. Yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. And he went to go to the guy's trial. He did. And he first trial he went. He was in a wheelchair. Yeah, and he couldn't. You know, he's just recovering. Second one, he walked in there and like, yeah. the kid was smiling and la- You know, and it's just, mm. it's, it's an unbelievable story. Yeah. Unbelievable. It was it was the crazy thing was is it got picked up by all these like mm-hmm. n- news uh, outlets like I think he, Ross ended up being on like Anderson Cooper. Uh, I know he was on Oprah. Um, we had all these like people contacting us about the story, and we knew like when it went out that it was like powerful. But I, I think again I was just thinking like oh this is a powerful story of like a skateboarder for the skateboarding community, and I, I knew that it transcended it, but I didn't think it was going to be like be like right. Oprah level, right. like Oprah's Oprah. Yeah. You know, like totally. you, you make it on Oprah, it's like <laughs> that's way better than making it in a chaos. So so Ross smoked all you know all of us by making it on Oprah. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a. Wow. I mean, Ross and his group of friends are super cool. I ended up actually going out to where they're from a few years later to work on um, that documentary series called Push mm-hmm. that the Barracks mm-hmm. did yep. um, and got to like go to Ross's house actually for dinner with his folks wow. and like meet his folks and stuff. And that was, wow. that was really cool. Cause it was when he was like 16 or his yeah, friend was, was like 15 or something. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. was he thinking? He was trying to get into a gang or something. And that was I think the initiation. Yeah, the initiation or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that all worked out for him. Oh, yeah. well he's serving what? 35, 40 years in That's prison. That's what I'm saying. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It all Which it should have been more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he left him for dead, shot him in the head and in the chest. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's and unbelievable. Really, yeah. People were, tr- I mean, I, like I said, when he was telling us the story, like me and Daniel Duarte were filming it and we were both like I think after the fact like holy shit like we knew it was like there was some it was going to be an intense story we had no idea it was going to be so in, so intense mm-hmm. and, and incredible um, so yeah, yeah no I, I was that was a really that was like right when I started at the Bears. that's crazy I was yeah. like, well you right did a great job well thank you because it was very it's emotional to watch it's I he's, mean he's a good storyteller though Ross is a good I mean I remember him when he's telling the story like he, he's able to like paint the picture so clearly here's yeah. the thing though it's like you know this is a gnarly story regardless if you're a skateboarder or not yeah. but yeah. he's a skateboarder like yeah. he's he's one of us he's yeah, one of us sure. and actually what he talks about in there is skateboarding helping him out yep. in the way of his recovery and learning how to deal with what had happened yeah he like equated his recovery process with like the you know the steps of you know like you first you ollie and then you yeah. kick flip or whatever and that was you know at first i could stand and then i could walk and like you know if i could you know 360 flip then i know i can like you know jump or whatever so yeah no i mean ross i mean yeah like this is some footage we're looking at right now of like the alleyway that he shot and and there wasn't much either, so I'll tell you. Like I could tell, he got in and got out. Like he wasn't like chilling there, yeah. film, you know, giving me like, oh, yeah. film there for five minutes. Like it right. was, that must have been pretty heavy to oh, go back. I, I remember seeing him uh, uh, at a schoolyard out here one time. I was just like, <gasps> yeah, dude, what? like yeah, I felt like I knew him yeah. just because by listening to this story for but, sure. But yeah, it was. It's he, he's a cool kid, man. I remember meeting him. Yeah. Also, the yeah. Joiner Lucas made a song about it too. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, this. Wait, join the, the, the rapper? Yep. Yeah, that's wow. right. Yeah, it, it took it. off. Like, yeah. the people really connected to it, man. Um, it was for a long time, and maybe still to this day, it was like the, you know, the, the most viewed barracks piece. I can imagine. Um, like, it went, you know, it. it well, they transcended skateboarding. Yeah, exactly. So it was the life. kind of thing, like, you share with exactly, like, your friend or your cousin or your mm-hmm. uncle or whoever, anybody who needs, like, some sort of, like, story about redemption and, like, coming back from. Or not redemption, he didn't do anything, but like, you know, coming back against the odds, really, because he was, yeah, yeah in all betrayal, also, yeah, you know, it it so. it, it, it hit every checkbox, yeah, of it was like, yeah, you couldn't write it, you know, yeah. that's crazy, man. Um, but congrats on that, thank man. you. Yeah, that I think was that was a, a very powerful piece that you thank did. You. So I was, I was stoked. I rewatched it recently. Okay, like, wow. yeah, you remembered some of the. I haven't watched it in a long time. Oh my god, it's um, powerful, man. Yeah, especially going into this new position. Like, wait, what? A, what a way to kick it off. <laughs> yeah, like and I like I said too was like I, it wasn't even on my radar of like the things I was trying to pursue once right. I got there. And then when Steve was like, oh, you got to read this. Um, yeah, I had no idea. I, I at the same time I remember I, we had shot this thing with Chaz Ortiz for Gatorade. So I had shot I think Ross's interview, didn't edit it, and then did this thing with Chaz for Gatorade, where it's like a single take through University High School. You love these single takes, don't love you? We'll talk yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We'll talk um, about them. Good at it. And uh, and and then I think we did that, and then I edited Ross's mm, thing, and then it. I think so. It was it was interesting to like work on this story that was so personal and like emotional and then this kind of commercial essentially you Mm -hmm. know like simultaneously they were totally and you know and the ross's thing is daniel duarte and myself just holding cameras on a rooftop and the other ones you know a full production with for sure steady cam ops did did that open your mind up and like based on what you're already doing to like do different pieces like that that were more you know i think i think so because i think you know growing up in skateboarding especially in our generation and era like you're so laser focused like skateboarding was all about like progression and like tricks and style and less about like it was kind of almost like if there was story in skate videos you're like mm-hmm. skip like you know like yeah. just full vert button on that stuff <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so it, that was like the name of it, the game for a long time it was like skating just wanted to look forward and, yeah. and like stuff and then yeah at a certain point i'd already been interested in like s- storytelling stuff but but again, I still felt it probably had to be around like tricks or a video part, you know, sure. something very skate centric. And then that was, yeah, like yeah, one that, that opened like, oh. up beyond. Yeah, like it, it, telling a human story yeah. that has skateboarding in it. Well, this yeah. was around 2011. Also. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's right, right when I had started yeah. at the barracks. Um, speaking of the no, you know, one one take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one we got to talk about is the Miles Silvis. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, yeah. in downtown LA. Yeah. That was um, so sick. It was a, it, what was it? We're going to put it on here in a second, but the Was time, it a numbers thing? This is a Adidas five, no? this is a- It was for Adidas. For Adidas. This okay. is a five yeah. minute line. Like yeah. I would have been exhausted after like a couple pushes down the street. <laughs> totally. Like, yo, we got to, but the amount of tricks, even to the end, yeah. the, the tricks that he was doing was like, how, I, I just want to know like how many takes was it? Sure. Was it, I mean, obviously it was well planned out because yeah. you had at, at, uh, at, uh, Jay Kwan, you had the, the trash can set up. You had another trash bin on its side. Yep. Like the route was set up. Yep. Um, the tricks I would assume were set up too with Miles, or was he freestyling it a little bit? Some somewhat. No, they were set up. So the this was like a pretty long process from from the time that I had the concept until the time that I worked on this with Miles was probably like three years or something. Oh, and seriously, a, yeah. And originally, maybe more. I originally I pitched it to Mike Mo. 
like very softly. He could have easily done that. Too. And it was so, and this is because I think at the time, Miles really hadn't come into his own. You know, he's ripping, but he's kind of like a, you know, he's on like Organica or, yeah. you know, he's like early part of his career at this point. And so I pitched it to, to Mo. I was like, dude, I got this idea. Like, you know, this like seven block line, you know, and Mo was like intrigued by it. And then shortly thereafter, you know, and, and it was one of those things you say in passing and then like, hey, yeah, let's meet up about it or whatever. But then t- shortly thereafter, he had his accident. Oh. Um, but he was also known for doing like that one line it, he has. It, exactly. Yeah. So in my head, he's the nat- he was the natural choice. Yeah, sure. And then so years went by. So I'm I'm actually it's more than three years. It's probably like five years wow. or something. And then years go by and I end up working with Miles on the numbers pieces. And mm-hmm. I get to skate with him in person and see like his level of consistency and his like Dude, he has like ice veins. Like, dude, he can like block out everything around him and mm. just skate. And so I was like, oh, he's this is the guy that can do this line. Um, and before I ever pitched it to Miles, though, he had no idea. He had no idea, which I kind of felt bad about. Where I was like, hey, guess what? You, Adidas and I, we thought this would be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going from one train station to another <laughs> one, and uh, you know, I, do tricks in between. I hadn't even really like thought. I thought, like, oh, Miles is like he, he's so like cool, you know, cool as a cucumber. He'll be into it. What um, time of night it was this, by the way? Mm, Just real quick, because there's not that many cars out. Yeah, this ended yeah, up. I think the night. Well, we shot it. Uh, we went there for five nights. The first oh. night was just re- recon. Like I knew what the route was, but I hadn't done it with Miles. So the first night was like us wa- like talking and skating through. Like, oh, you could do this. Oh, we God. can go here. We can do this, and figuring out because I had you know in my head the idea of what could happen, and then I had to m- marry that with what was reality for him. This night though, what, how, this was like the fifth night, and then we're probably. Time? It is it is vacant. Yeah, yeah. There. It's a yeah. weeknight, and it's probably like twelve thirty or one a.m. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. Maybe, maybe a little bit later, maybe okay. closer to two. Um, I could probably check the time code on the. Please do, <laughs> please do. If you, you know, could yeah. get up right now, it was, it was, <laughs> no, but it's there's it's desolate out there. Um, so, so go you, ahead. So okay. you you're, you're working with Miles. So yes, yeah, so I'm working with Miles on numbers pieces, and I'm like, man, this this guy's amazing. And so I get the call to pitch some ideas to Adidas. I fly up to Adidas and. Um, I pitch them a few things and this is the one that they like kind of bite on. They're like, Oh, that sounds rad. Like we have this shoe coming out called the city cup and like, you know, this all takes place in the city and and it's with miles. And, um, and so it kind of got signed off on and then it was like, all right, now talk to miles about it. And so I was like, Hey dude. So I basically (laughs) take the same kind of pitch treatment that I had, had, you know, given to Adidas and then pitch it to miles and make sure he was cool with it. And yeah, he like didn't even bat an eyelash. He was like, like yeah, cool. yeah, he's like, cool. Yeah, let's do it. He's all, that sounds rad. Like he was into it and, um, which you, you needed to be cause this is sure. going to be demanding. You need that support. Yeah. I mean, this is closer to the end of the line. We're, we're getting down to the, yeah, this and is the he end. gets up on beneficial, which mm-hmm. is what then beneficial now, Jay Kwan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he does a he does a switchback tail over yeah. like, like uh, after, do, all that. after all that, after all that, I know, I, trust crap. me, dude, my lay my body was mush and i'm just f- operating a camera yeah. i can't imagine i mean that was the thing he it, it had that's a be, tr- that's a clip in a video in itself, yeah, yeah. In itself. yeah. guy did and, in 93 and, and at night you with oh, no dvd already yeah guy shove it out of it yeah, yeah. yeah. oh that's yeah. true that's yeah. true this yeah. is true um but they, I mean, we didn't augment any of the locations with lights or anything too. Yeah. So he's skating. Like if you go to Jaquan right now on a night, 
and you go escape the gap with, see... with no additional lighting, <laughs> you see what Miles saw, you know, like so no yeah. no camera light, no nothing. nothing, yeah. Why five days? What was going on with so, those five, five Okay, nights? so the first day was all recon mm -hmm. and we spent like a couple hours going up and, and timing it, seeing like I mean, we had to see like how the lights changed. Oh, we, lights. we came up with like plans of like, hey, um, which I actually wanted it to happen. I said if the light turns red and there's like a car, stop. Pick up your board hit the little crosswalk. Like I really wanted okay. it to kind of like pause and feel weird. Like, like this is here. a guy just skating <laughs> just down exactly the street and, and adapting to the environment. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted that to happen. Mm. I was like, and it did at the first like night, it happened a few times because we started filming earlier at night. But what happened also was that he almost got smoked doing a trick over that rail by a car that was turning right mm. because people would come up to Wilshire. It's on Wilshire Boulevard. It's like a main thoroughfare in Los Angeles. It's a, you know, it's always packed. That's why yeah. you were like, oh, it's, how is it so empty? It's right. always busy. Um, people would come up to that light and just do the California roll. Like they wouldn't even stop. <laughs> and it's right where he lands over that rail. So after that, we were like, oh, we should probably film a little later at night. And then we needed somebody kind of over there to run interference. And so the first night was all kind of that. Then the second night was, we tried filming it. Um, oh, the second night you it, tried filming yeah, it. Yeah, so we started filming it. And um, originally he was doing like a switch flip over the handrail. And he, a couple of the tricks were different. And he was um, running into issues though with like the traffic. Um, so this is the second night we were running into those car issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. and the traffic's the other way. And um and it was like a Friday night or something. And so there was like drunk people coming oh, out of karaoke bars. Geez. And so we were, but which was kind of part of what I wanted to, like, it would have been cool to have Nightlife. us like, yeah, like navigating the city. Um, but it proved to be just kind of not great. Um, and then dude, it, and then we would meet up the next night and we had, we had rented the gear and we had like, everything was in place for those five nights. We knew like, so it wasn't like, uh, we tried the first night, like, Oh shit, we got to do it another night. It you was expected. like, we expected it to take a few nights. Now, is he just getting tired or, so, and he's just like, dude, I, I can't do this. There was one more. Yeah. There was like a, a, the good thing was, is that I realized that his threshold for like energy was right at my threshold for operating the camera because and, and I, the camera I was operating was like a, an Ari Alexa mini. And uh, it's a great camera and it's small by cinema standards, but it's not a DSLR or a VX or anything. It's it's kind of boxy and it's not very ergonomic. Mm -hmm. um, and because of I needed to be able to operate the camera like low and then higher and stuff like that, I couldn't do it on a shoulder rig and I couldn't have an easy rig thing, which is like a backpack that takes a lot of the weight off. Um, so we realized after that first, because you know, in my head, I never wanted to be the reason that he couldn't keep trying right i mean i think with the same thing with you guys are filming a trick like no filmer wants to be like sorry dude i'm done you know like <laughs> while you guys are in like the like, you what know, the i don't even think that's ever happened yeah, exactly because I think oh, i've had a, i've had a camera guy in barcelona to get up and go get a sandwich while i was trying a trick we, was, won't, we won't name names but was he filming long lens like a manual or something yeah okay, okay I, but but if i was filming a line with you or something okay, right okay. where we're both right. kind of like sweating and huffing and puffing I would never want to be the guy that's like, oh, dude, I, I don't, I don't have anything left <laughs> yeah, in me. Yeah, yeah. What was like, his threshold? How many tries? I don't know the tries, okay. but it was like two, uh, like two, two and a half hours. But Damn. it was the same, dude. My arms were like seizing up. My fingers, I was losing feelings. Like back to back every night. Yeah, or? but it was like so. We realized what the rhythm was. Like, okay, but, you know, if we don't get it by like hour, like two hours, it's like there's we'll no call it. Yeah, call yeah. it. Um, what yeah, was there, the farthest you guys got until like? Was there a point where you're like? You only needed one more trick. Dude, I think he got, it's funny because I think the first couple nights he never even got to the gap to ledge. He he like blew it on like the, 
the front blunt up top of Jake oh, once. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then a couple of the other times it would like the switch heel over the can got him. I think once, um, there was one time, the only time that I fucked up, like, you know, where I ruined the line, I think was, um, like in, a at the, it's like the Wilshire rail plaza. It's like a horseshoe shape. He does like a nollie front heel on flat and then he mm, curves around the corner tray. and switch tray. I think I fell going around that corner like hugging the corner too tight like i just i don't like my balance was off and i just, and i was so furious with myself i was like Fuck. miles is probably like oh it's all good yeah but i mean but i remember this being like you know we're hour and 20 in or hour, oh, you know like like uh, we're we're exhausted we and that's kind of why i fell but like so to take him out of that rhythm that deep into it and go back to the because we had to we didn't have anybody driving us back either or anything because we had to keep back. it super low pro like we didn't wow. that walk you know, of shame man yeah oh dude i was i mean he he was i mean he's amazing he's like, dude don't even worry about it like that's okay we got it and i'm all oh, i'm like swearing at myself did anybody <laughs> pick up the trash can that was on its side oh I th no I, th I, th I think they did dude good Samaritan, I think like, they oh. did actually and Alan Hannon came and helped us out one night I think after that happened we are like oh my god we got all the way down here and it's not here and like uh, so then Alan I think stayed down there okay. <laughs> um, that's, I forgot about that wow. dude I think we got down to the trash can once only one I time I can just imagine no, somebody totally. just a good Samaritan like oh this trash can on its side <laughs> dude, some drunkard I, probably tipped it over I forgot about that yeah and one time we got down there and it was not we were like oh my god but you could see it from you know, it wasn't like he got ready to switch heel it. You could see it from a block away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was like, like get it. bending down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I remember we could see it, and it was just like, oh, because that's far. You're deep into it at that yeah. point. You know? So, what fifth night, fifth night, he, dude, we, fifth night, and it's like we had to have the talk about where you know Miles is an incredible skateboarder, and you watch his footage, like he's always doing something new or pushing something. So we had to have that very uncomfortable talk that I think for uncomfortable for me and probably for him of like, Hey, like maybe not a switch flip over the rail, maybe just a regular kick flip, okay. you know, like right. where it's like, let's simplify this a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, you know, but it's asking somebody to kind of play below their standards, for right? Sure. Like anybody, a musician or something. A different and like, type true. of piece though. This isn't like a, a line for his video part. For sure. that you're like, Hey dude, let's not do the switch flip over the rail right. let's do the kick flip yeah. or just right. ollie it yeah right. get a safety line they're like what yeah make it a little easier on yourself even kick flip over the rail is risky though it, that, and yeah yeah for sure and that yeah. was I, I roger spoke to a safety line right yeah. so that was that was what it kind of became like we knew it was the last night we had paid for the crew and the gear and the crew was very minimal it was my myself operating the, again. my operating the camera and then there was a first ac on set with wireless focus so um who he probably deserves the most accolades because oh, somebody was wirely, wirelessly he, focusing the yeah, camera. Yeah, oh, exactly. Because I didn't because I didn't shoot it on a wide angle. So I shot this on a 25 millimeter lens. And the reason I shot it on a 25 mil was because see how Miles is in focus right there and the yeah. background is falling off. Right. If you start going wider, like, you know, like a fisheye, everything stays in focus. But even like a 19 or something mm -hmm. like that, you get that kind of distorted skate video look. And I wanted this to feel like documentary or like you're just kind of watching and hanging out. So if somebody, where, where's he pulling focus from? He's he on a skateboard behind, behind me. Yeah. Oh. And so the, so the, the call out for the job was very specific. You had to be a first AC that skates okay. because we're going to be skating seven, six wow. city blocks. So he is like amongst his peer group when they saw this and they saw he was the first, cause they know what's going on immediately. They're like, 
what the fuck, dude? How are you doing this? Like, are you in a golf cart? Or he's like, no, I'm on a skateboard. They're like, you're nuts. Like, yeah, so yeah. in his world, it was like, he was the miles. He's the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't and, have too many options. You just, no, that's, that's it. Because, because I'm shooting on that lens, I knew that anytime, I, you know, miles would get like, you know, right there, he's, you know, 10 feet away from me. And then I get closer and he's like mm -hmm. three feet. He was going to be in and out of focus terribly. Sure, like yeah, I, cause sure. I would have had to pick a focus, a focal plane and, right. and live with it. And so that was always part of the plan. And, um, and that's also why, you know, the camera shakes a fair amount is because I'm, you know, when you're on a longer lens, it's less forgiving for oh, movement. Yeah, right. But again, I wasn't going for like slick. I didn't want a gimbal. I could have got a gimbal. I could have done all that. This was supposed to feel way more like, um, like documentary. Like you're just yeah, watch, yeah. watching it happen. Totally. And that was part of the thing. And, and you, you accomplished that for sure. So definitely, but that, yeah. So it was just me, Jacob, the first AC um, and then my buddy, Mark Ritzma, who's the, the director of photography. So even though I was operating the camera, you know, this is Mark's camera. This is, mm. um, Mark and I had discussed like what lenses and what, you know, focal length and, you know, what aperture we're going to be shooting at. Like Mark was integral in, in all of that stuff. And also Mark, <laughs> um, there was a few times where Jacob would be pulling focus and he would hit a crack and have to run off his board, and basically run behind us. Oh. And then Mark was trailing him and would pick up his board and then run up. So this is all happening like seamless. He's, he's, he's looking at a monitor. He's, he's, exactly. Yeah. He's operating on a monitor. He's looking at me and the monitor to gauge oh my like my God. distance to wow. miles. Wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, fifth so he, night when you actually get the line, so, you guys must have been like, oh, let's dude. go get a beer. This is, let's go celebrate. Oh, dude, dude. it was like pure yeah. elation. If you, if you, in the raw footage, um, you know, we're all at the very end of this when he's going down this, the stairs to the next subway station. I, well, not yet. I'm like holding it. Like, it's like, you know, your friend just did like, you know, a groundbreaking trick. And you got you to hold you it know, in for yeah. a moment. <laughs> but, but it was like extra long because he's walking down the stairs. And then there's a moment where I knew he was like past the edit point for me. And it's just like, like childish screaming. Like, yeah, like, pure, just elation. pure elation. And even miles. Like, I mean, he's like giddy with excitement because dude, he was like, it was not only the fifth night, this was like the, we were at that like two hour mark uh, and it was getting to the point where like, we're, I'm already in my head without saying it to him because I don't want to get in his, corner, well, not day six, but we don't have that budgeted. Mm. So I would have to go back to Adidas. Oh, they like, would have had, they would have, but you know what bro. I'm saying? It would have been like a phone call and they're, yeah, 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 yeah but they were you. all, then they would have been like, well, wait, what do you mean? You couldn't get it in five days. This is one line or, you know, whatever. Right, 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 right. You don't know the degree um, of difficulty this was. Could you imagine you get down there, you reverse recorded it? Oh my God. Oh my God. That's like, that's like, I would. I had to be. I probably would have like. You didn't realize the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's like, damn, I reverse. Or like the first AC. I recorded our whole way back. The yeah. first AC, like, bumped the record uh, button or something. Was this the but first at, time that he switched back tail? Yes, this is the only first and only time. And he only, so and I think he only got to the switchback tail two times before it. Wow. And so, Super and it was calm. all on the last. I think he got to the switchback tail maybe like the fourth night once, um, and then once before this damn. that night. I mean, um, super it calm. is phenomenal. Jeez. He's, bro. I mean, he deserves like, I mean, this is next level. This is like you guys athleticism yeah. and like the, to remain calm and like, yes. I mean, he really, it was, it was special. It was, it was a super small crew. The only person from Adidas on hand was Paul Shire. Sick. And it was the best part though. So Paul was back at like, you know, base camp, the start of the line. And so when we got it and we had our celebration or whatever. We didn't have walkie talkies or anything. This was so low key production. <laughs> we, we, we all decided like, Hey, let's tell him we didn't get it. <laughs> so we came back to like Paul and, um, I think it was like one other person, maybe Alan was waiting there. And, uh, and we were like, and we all did our best to like come like kind of down, you know, head hanging low. Yeah, yeah. And he's all mate. Like, and then we're like, 
and he get, he's like, oh man, and he's trying to stay positive, but we couldn't even hold it for more than right, two right, seconds. Right. Like, oh, I'm just kidding, we got it. Like, <laughs> wow. There was a point uh, right before he uh, walked over the uh, the chain link. I was yes. like, that could have been a transitional moment where you could have did some fake, like a cut you know, or like something. Cut. Okay, true, 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 so true. that true. that's the only time that I get off my board. And again, Mark is the is trailing behind us, so I got off my board. Um, I think Jacob gets off his board. Mark grabs both of our boards, and then he can't enter my frame so he can't come like in front of me or to the side because the it's a 25 mil it's a slightly wide he has to like time it where he just basically pushes the board out in front wow. of me a little bit and then i kind of just step on it and go again and like wow. it was a full like dance it. yeah it was it came together it was bro. a lot of fun man congrats on that thank it you it turned out really good and thank i think you. when that came out people were tripping too like dude this dude just skated 10 city blocks for sure. the gnarliest trick. Probably like, I this was is crazy. questioning it as well. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. There, I, kept, is that real? Did, there was definitely that one take. For yeah. sure. You know? I kept I, looking for points where it could have <laughs> broken. I, I think and you're like, yeah. I don't know, but I never found one. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. I think a lot of people assumed like, oh, there's got to be a cut hidden in here dude, because a lot of people thought yeah. that Mike Mo's switch flip uh, explosion was fake. Exactly. Because you, because the amount of pressure in those moments oh. on these guys like yeah. is unreal. So you're professionals. That's right. They don't feel no pressure. That's right. So you. That was super impressive, though. Real shout out to Miles, bro. Obviously, all of you, but that, I mean, yeah, that's gnarly, man. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, that was one of those things where, like, it had been bouncing around in my head for years. So just to have it happen was like, so, I, it was one of those, like, I knew it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Martin Scorsese would be proud, man. You know, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the thing in the Copacabana sure. where they're going through the back. I mean, it's Stay all, back. it's all, yeah, like, well, let me speak to that real quick. The technique, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the technique that, that, that I appreciate so much about those single takes is that in the, in movies and whatnot I grew up on is it's the only time in a movie that the viewer can wander with their eye, right? Like mm -hmm. everything else is so set up for how you see it. Every edit of like between dialogue, it's like a close up on his face so you can feel the emotion. Now it's a close up on her face so you can see her cry. The, the edit and the camera is always telling you what to feel. Mm -hmm. And because when you're doing those single takes, it's on like a wider lens, it's like you for the first time, even if the camera's kind of looking this way, it's such a wide, moment you can kind of look in the background and see things and it's like it's almost like this um it's like this you can really be along for the ride and things are happening in real time because a lot of times e editing is to expedite things you know mm -hmm. it's like you got to like sh condense it and and get it moving or keep it moving and i really appreciate these long takes because it's the one time that it's like especially with something like skateboarding we were all used to seeing like edits, right? It's like trick, 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 trick. And it's rad. We've, we've all grown up with like, you know, essentially a music video, you know, like a skate part that this is for me was really fun. Cause it's like, you can showcase someone's like talent and ability in a different way. Totally. You know, yeah. and those tricks are, I mean, Miles has way harder tricks in his video part, but like you said, as a skateboarder to do something for seven blocks, mm. like those are hard. I mean, they are legitimately they're hard. Exactly. They're hard tricks. I mean, he switched back tailed. Beneficial. Yeah. At night. Jake At the end of like yeah. six blocks. But you're right about the the thing. I never really n noticed that. You know, we're talking about Goodfellas, yeah. Martin Scorsese. There's a shot where they're going through the Copacabana into the back, through the back so way, yeah. through the, the kitchen and everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Famous, famous shot. But yeah. you're right. Every time I watch that, I'm looking at this cook over here. I'm yeah, looking at this sure. guy, the waiter over here. He bumps the thing and it's like, oh, he starts laughing. And you're yeah. like, oh, was that fake? Was this, or was that uh, planned? Was this not planned? Like, yeah. was that improvised? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many tries did that take? For you sure. know, you start to look at every 
every little detail sure. of, a, of a scene like that. Yeah. Well, at least I did. What? Yeah, no, I do too. I, I love those. What about, what was that one movie? It was a war movie that came out somewhat recently. It's like 1917. 1917. Yeah. Did you guys see that? One shot that just, it's, it's for, I don't even know how long it's no, for, but it's for a long time. There's like, it, there's only like a couple shots in this whole like a movie. A couple edits. Like, couple yeah. It's like the I, longest. Yeah. You're like, this is it, fucking nuts. I think it's, it it's gnarly. I, I don't know if it's. That. You know, if they said that it was like all supposed to be like one. But it's supposed to be. Yeah, but yeah, I don't but know if they. One, yeah. It's not one. Yeah. It's not oh, one. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. It's not yeah. one. Oh, okay. they make it, oh, no, no. They, they made it, it look like, like it. it. No, no. Yeah. It, there's like a couple cuts throughout the whole sure. movie. There's not as many. There's yes, like very few. I heard that as well. I love all that stuff. I mean, like the Revenant has like that crazy opening yes, fight sequence sure. like um Jeez. there's another there's one um uh, children God. of men children of men yeah. bro it, that thing is like probably at least 12 minutes yeah. long action it's sequence nuts. it's nuts exactly. a lot going on that's one that stood out i, to I me. love those because what those are i mean it's, it's funny because not funny is it it's interesting because um you know a lot of pre-production happens for those kinds of shots because there is no editing so it's like everything is planned like all the choreography has to be in line so it's like once you get it you're kind of like done mm. whereas like shooting traditionally you're shooting a scene you're getting coverage you're getting this and then the edit is kind of even though you already have it in your head or on paper like you know how it's supposed to go things can kind of change in the edit and you can you know ah oh, we don't like that medium shot anymore i just want to live in the close-up so it's kind of cool when you do like a long take like a single take that it's like, well, that was it. That like was the it. work yeah. is kind of done. Yeah. Now it's just sound design. Sure. And, yeah. you know, sure. Um, it just lives kind of as that thing. I'm a, I'm a fan of that stuff because it's, Same. it's fun. It, it, it brings the viewer in like a, a, in a way that editing stuff doesn't. I, I'm a fan of it too. And I, also I'm, I'm a fan of the, the behind the scenes. I'm a fan yeah. of knowing how, how long it? it takes. Yeah. I mean, the fifth day, you guys yeah. are already tired. Like I love that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah it was really like yeah. down to the wire. But it was one of those things too, though. Like, uh, you know, like uh, same thing out just filming in the streets. Like you don't ever tell the guy that you're like tape is almost out mm. until you absolutely have to, right? Because yeah, sure, sure. the moment you say something like that, I could get in your head, totally. right? Like yeah. I'm like, hey, Jerron, I'm like, oh, you only got two minutes left to tape. Now you're just thinking, fuck, he's got two minutes left to tape and you're not thinking about the trick. So it was the same thing with Miles. Like I was getting exhausted. I'm thinking in my head, we might have to come back another day, but I, I can't say any of that yet. Yeah. You know, and then like, thank goodness he It'll did it. glitch you out. You'd be like, no. Exa exactly. We've so. got different restraints because I'd be complaining the whole time. <laughs> if it was me and Dubs there, I'd be like, Dubs, I don't know if I can do this, man. We got, you got to do it well, here, You got to do got it. Yeah. Dubs, you have to well, do I mean, it. I would, I'm sure before each one, I were walking back because just who I talk a lot too. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, you got this next one. Like next, the next time we get down there, you got it. Like it's right there. Um, which I don't know at a certain point. He's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I get yes. it, I get it. Listen, one of my favorite things in recent times, the pieces, it's it's HOA. It's the, oh, okay. the, the Day One song, Tori Pudwell, thank you piece. I, it, it was so good. Thanks, These guys man. not only were skating just neighborhoods, but they yeah. were killing <laughs> it. And you got some yeah. a little GAs in there, little guest appearances. I do have, yeah, some guest appearances. Little, in little there. Chad Muska, That's little Rodney right. Mullen, huh? Yeah, throw them in there. But yeah, that was yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was great. It was great. Thank you. Ideas for that? I mean, was it? Um, are you like searching for the right neighborhood? Is it different neighborhoods? Are you just like, um, is it spot searching essentially? It's you know what? It's a mix. Like I think mm, I'm trying to think how to how to 
describe it, but everything I think that I do kind of bleeds into the next thing. So this is, is kind of derivative of the piece that I did with Austin Gillette in 2012. We'll we'll talk about that quick. quick. Yeah. And what that was, was same kind of questions though, spot searching. For sure. And it is, I'm, I am, I'm like my personality. I, I have like, a personality that's always searching. I'm always looking for like the net, where's like the best sandwich? Like, I mean, anything like, <laughs> like you know, like I, like I've, I went to this one that someone says the best, but there's gotta be a better one. Like it's spots, it's music, it's artists, it's, um, it's design, it's furniture. It's like whatever I'm into, I go down that weird rabbit hole of like, I gotta keep looking. Yeah. So then it just becomes part of my everyday habits. So for instance, like the locations in this, um, some of these were things that I had had on my radar since the thing with Austin that we either a never filmed at or we went to and he wasn't into. And at a certain point I was like, well, uh, the th- like, and, the, and then going back before that, the thing I did with Austin, those spots were just things that I would be seeing driving. And it was always thinking a oh, man, it'd be sick to just do something from a car on the side of the road at mm. these, these kind of like spots that they're like spots, but they're not spots. And uh, just to go back to okay. quick, really quick. Yeah. Mm. Back to quick, mm. really quick. Because uh, we're on HOA. But but yeah. the fact that you're driving by seeing these spots and now you're filming them yeah. driving. Yeah. It's it w- pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, because there's something, there's something like, you know, when you're driving and you see a spot and you're like, whoa, what was that? You know, like. It's a quickness. It's a quick, it's a, it's a thing yep. like that. It's just fun as a skateboarder to like these things catch your eye mm-hmm. and you can be in an, in an industrial neighborhood or downtown anywhere. or anywhere. Now you're driving yeah. by with a skater skating the spot. For sure. So this, so HOA was kind of like a, a, a variation on that thing with Austin. And I, again, though, I'd had this idea for eons where I was like, okay, it would be rad to do something like I did with Austin, but then like only do it in like residential neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And so instead of, because we all know how hard it is to find spots in residential neighborhoods too. Like, and I, and I thought like, well, all the stuff you skate when you first start skating is residential neighborhoods. It's curb cuts and little bumps and someone's got a weird driveway down the street. And, and so I wanted to do something that was all in front of houses or apartments. By the way, quick was like, this was 10, these are 10 years apart. They are 10 years apart. Yeah, pretty much. And, and then another thing I wanted to do though, is because, you know, a lot of people do skate, um, you know, like the weekend guys, right. They film a lot in front of like apartments or houses and stuff, but there's like a, a start and stop nature to that stuff. It's like, you put your board down, you've only got one push, you do the rail and you stop. And I wanted to keep that kind of continuous movement. Like I had done with Austin because I thought for me as a skateboarder, I like movement now, especially as I, I always liked it, but then you get older. I'm like, damn, I just want to see dudes like push and like mash at shit and totally. like skate. And so so this one was still kind of applying those same principles of like, I want to keep moving a lot. Um, and then in terms of like the types of neighborhoods, I did definitely, we filmed in a lot of kind of affluent neighborhoods and that was kind of like a, a nod to like Ferris Bueller, okay. really, okay. right? You know, like, okay. like I love Ferris Bueller's day off yeah. and, and you know, that whole sequence of him running home at the end, trying to get, you know, home and he's running through yards and jumping over fences and shit. Um, there's something really fun about that. And so I wanted to mostly shoot in these kind of neighborhoods that were kind of like skateboarding. You don't see it there with mansions in the background. It's just not a thing that you totally. normally see. So there was something kind of fun to me about flipping it on its head and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to skate like the, the the curb cut in front of the little like apartment complex. I'm like, yeah. we're going to like the fucking bougie neighborhood. Yeah. and We're, we're going to go skate in front of this $18 million house. Exactly. And it was during COVID. Uh, so oh, you, could, it you could, it made it a little bit easier because most people 
weren't trying to come outside and say shit. Yeah. Right. Did you get any um, people coming out you saying anything? We t well, we got one person coming out. There's a shot. It's like yeah, probably my favorite flip. shot. Yeah, it's Tori's switch frontside flip over that. The oh, yeah, but right. the sprinklers are on. Yeah. The sprinklers were a passive attempt at kicking us out. So the guy, <laughs> the fact that he rolled, go, please, yeah, go, yeah, go yeah, ahead, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I love that. I love that shot. So, okay. so we're filming it, and Tori's getting close, getting close, but he's not putting it down. The dude comes home, um, pulls in his driveway, and doesn't come out. And so we're like, yes, like he didn't come out. Like he doesn't care. Like we're on the sidewalk. Like, you know, we're j rationalizing in our head. Like, <laughs> like oh, he doesn't care. Sure, yeah. Sure enough, sprinklers come on, and uh, we're like. No, nah, he didn't like, again, though, still kind of being like, oh man, like they're on the automatic timer or whatever. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, next thing I know, I see a little like window blind, like, you know, like he's looking out the window <laughs> and then he comes and then he sees us not that stopping and, uh, and he comes out and he's like, look, I don't, okay, it's something to the effect of like, look, man, I don't care, uh, if you guys skate here, but my wife's going to be home in like 30 put it on his wife she's gonna be home in 30 minutes and if she sees you skating out here like she's not gonna be happy right. and so we uh so yeah so so the sprinklers came on and as you guys know skating like wet anything is the worst i love that he rides through oh dude to kill that you. was that, that's was amazing that's actually a really sick spot it is yeah. but it looks gnarly too it is. <laughs> um it's i mean he did it as perfect as you're gonna get and this was another one of those like similar with miles like the, the sidewalk and his shoes and stuff were just getting to that point where it's like, how many more tries can you actually do this and mm -hmm. be successful? Cause that's it, one of my favorite shots in the whole thing. Uh, same by, here. By the way, same here. Yeah, when, yeah. when we got it, I was like elated. Cause I wanted to thank the dude. I'm like, dude, you just upped the production value. Yeah. So much. <laughs> like, <laughs> the sprinklers. Like it looks like, you know, it looks like set design at what that an point. Asshole, man. Um, but we got just it. Just because he doesn't want to be skating a sidewalk Which in front was of so his crazy. Yeah. Which, exactly. We were like, man, this I'm is. I'm not surprised to hear that. Southern I mean, California. It, it, like, still, yeah. you know it I mean? still boggles my mind. Yeah. You know it what I mean? It boggles like, me that totally. he put it on his, or on his wife. Yeah. That was weird. That was a weird <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's like, she'll be home. And she's not. And I was kind of like, relax, what's your wife buddy. like? Like, you know, like, <laughs> she's going to like see us. Like, um, the one thing that I. Oh, go, go, please, go ahead. No, I, I just want to talk about the, the guest appearances really quick. Because yeah, yeah. you have Muska in there. Yep. Raj, we need to find the Muska part. He's watering rocks. You What's going what? on? Where there's no grass there. <laughs> Muska, he, I think he had like an environmentally friendly landscape, right? You know, that, like a low so that was water. his house. That was his house. Um, mm. So what it was, was uh, Day One and Tori, you know, the whole <laughs> premise behind their brand is thank you, which is like saying thank you to skateboarding. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Chad gave Tori his first big break and Rodney gave Daywon his first big break. And so, oh. and so as a nod to them, and since we were doing this thing in residential neighborhoods, they're both homeowners now. Mm -hmm. And so they could both be doing homeowner type things. So unfortunately, Chad looks like he's watering rocks, but as he's walking that wall, there are some like palms and stuff at the end. But I think the section that I used is just because where I was crossing his, you know, path oh, filming. The first time I watched this, I was like, he's watering rocks. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, like, <laughs> what's going on with the muscle? To, to his credit, he was walking to water the palms and stuff at the end of the, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> of the, the area there. So he wasn't just watering uh, the rocks. Because even I would have been like, wait, that's weird. Let's not water the rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think just where I chose to use the shot where you could really kind of tell it was Chad. Right. It just kind of lined up with that. It was good, right. man. The, the, the thing that I, I love too is, uh, so you had Rodney Mullen uh, the take the trash. So I thought this was your house and you just got Rodney Mullen to take the trash barrels in for you. Gotcha. No, it's Rodney's house. I guess I'm like, yeah, I'm like outing them right now. Well, <laughs> Chad lives Chad lives in Ohio. Yeah. And I was pretty conscious when I was filming these things to like not, not give up okay, any sure. sort of right, like recognizable right, right. features. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
No, Rodney, it was one of these things where I think I had filmed with Daywan uh, and the sun was going down and I had to get to Rodney. Like there was like a very brief window, like Rodney's available. Like, um, and I got there and see how like he steps into the light like that. Like yeah. he's in shadow. It was like perfect. Wow. This was like second try. And then uh, I was like, we got it. And he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, we got it. And I was like, I was a little bit shocked because it, it just worked out just, just perfect. right. I yeah. love the phone call. Listen, Rodney. I got this idea. We're doing this thing with Toya. Yeah, I just need you to bring in the trash. Pretty barrels. much. I, was like, well, <laughs> I just need you to bring the trash. I just said in. I need you to do something domestic, and oh, I didn't know what God. it was going to be. You know, and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, it could be like I didn't know what his house was like. You know, it could be in like the garden or like watering or do, you know." Um, so yeah, luckily I, th- I want to say when I got there, it was again the sun setting, and I'm like, "Oh, how about we put the trash cans at the curb and you just take a trash can down?" It worked out beautifully. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is one of my favorite pieces that have come out in the last Thank couple you. years. I, I it's so. Just that switch frontside flip Amazing. that Tori did through the, through the water sure. over this bump to bump. For I was sure. like, oh my God, mm-hmm. the way that he caught it, yep. front foot dangling a little. I'm, picture perfect. All of it was yeah. really good, man. Even day one, all of day one stuff was, it was incredible. I mean, day yeah. one, just doing day one is For sure. amazing. I, uh, there, there's like a kickflip at the end that Tori does down this massive set of stairs yeah. and it goes down again another always set. another one. Yeah. And that one was another spot. So that's an Echo Park. Um, dude, that spot had been on the radar for... 15 years or something like i'd be going on walks with my wife and we end up you know just on like little stair sets and stuff and i would be like this is the only time the reason why this one in particular was on my radar is because i could track with him sideways right here right and i'm on the same eye line as him when he leaves and then he goes below me Mm. that is impossible architecture to find in today's day and age (laughs) nobody builds look at there's no handrail obscuring him from me there's no like there's no railing obscuring him like this isn't up to code man exactly exactly. (laughs) talk to the city about that these are the type of tweaky things that i'll see in my head where i'm like you know because tori's like oh i got another you know stair set i'm like nope Right. It's this it's one. Like, it's got to yeah. be this one. Like, yeah. like we can't replicate this. I mean, I'm sure it does exist somewhere else. Yeah. Where I don't know. Like, but th- there was things like that where there was a few spots that had been like basically kicking around in my brain forever that I didn't know what they were going to get used for. But I'm like, we have to do something there. It's and a great uh, piece, that yeah. one was cool. The, a little behind the scenes on that one was where he landed, unbeknownst to us on the kickflip. The house was was is owned by. A, an, a like a friend of my friend and i didn't know this but like they came out and i thought they were gonna like kick us out because we're like landing there and we're being loud and then he was like oh like i used to skate and he's kind of like talking and i'm like oh yeah whatever and then he like threw out somebody's name and i'm like wait what and then i like texted my buddy and they're like oh yeah dude such and such lives right there and like we ended up getting him uh at least i hope it showed up i, I don't work for thank you i can't <laughs> but uh <laughs> but box. i think they got it yeah they got him like a box of product and stuff like that because it was like him and his wife and their kid oh, and they were watching okay. us for a little bit and it was so cool because in order to skate the stairs the second set, I think, he, like Tori had to put a little bondo down. Okay. And even though he didn't need it, he left before it. But I think just mentally he yeah. bonded it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had to be like, and I, and not, and I won't say his name here. Um, so you know, it's not, sure, not going to yeah. come back to him. But I think he's like a LA city inspector or something. Oh. So so here we are, like we're like we're just going to bondo this crack right there, and we're like it's for the. Well, better. he's probably thinking like, oh god, there's no handrails on this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you can do whatever you want. Just yeah. don't mention the handrails. Yeah. We were like, it's for the better of the city. No one will trip on this now. Yeah. We talked about quick. Okay. There was the, the video you did with Austin Gillette. Yeah. Another one where same kind of premise, except that the neighborhoods say it's all through Los Angeles. But yeah. you're filming it through an open door in a van. That or one, yeah. So the the big difference was that. 
that was filmed through a van, like yeah. the, the one with Austin, and then the one with Daywan and Tori. I'm just on my film. You're on board. your board, right, yeah. Right, right, and right. so that, and there's also shots where I'm on like a tripod mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But this one, this one was like this one was special because it was I hadn't seen anything like it. And yeah. what I had seen though was glimpses of it in videos. So there's like an old foot, like clips of Gons, like bombing a hill in SF where he's got like his one leg kind of dragging and he's going and they, you can see they're filming it from a car. You, you catch glimpses of like the sure. window frame and stuff. And I had to even filmed like a clip or two um, when my foot was injured uh, while I was at four and one from a van, like mm. someone was driving and I just, I have like a back 180 over this like bump to bike rack that I filmed. And I always liked the, the tracking shot like that because even, you know, like, Filmers have been filming like rolling long lens, right? But you only have however much momentum you have. So your window of, of tracking with a skater is very limited. You have to like yeah. push with them and then put your camera up to your eye and you're just with them for that sweet spot and then they overtake you, right? right. They're always going faster than, than you're going or whatever. So the idea behind this and the way I pitched it to Austin, it was like, dude, I want to film you pushing to the spots. Like instead of like the the classic like edit of like a shot of b-roll of a skater like throwing his board down and then pushing like i'm push we're with you across the street as you get the speed for this thing to skate and the spot to right. skate the spot and that was really important for me to eliminate kind of like pushing up being like just an edit right because mm. that was always before that was always just like oh, you throw him, show him throw his board down and then he maybe does one push and he goes and i was like no man i want to see you like pushing up to it i want to see you pushing away from it like to me that's like as much of the trick is that how fast you're doing all this stuff and with how much power you're doing it mm. um, how about, what about traffic at this point doesn't that have some oh absolutely <laughs> these are i mean here's the thing like all of the pieces i make I like putting parameters on them. That's just how I, I like to be. Um, As in what? Well, with like Skate More, it was like only VX1000 and like right. no hip hop and whatever. And then those parameters would, would go up in, uh, you know, the rigidity, right? You know, so for this, it was like, it all had to be shot from the car and it all needs to be <sighs> spots on the side of the street. Like I'm not going to film you in a schoolyard or a, a plaza or something that you couldn't see directly from the side of the street. Or he couldn't get to by not ex pushing ex Exactly, there. exactly. I didn't want him to have to pick up his board and run or anything. Um, you know, and then the thing with Daywan and Tori was like, it has to be neighborhoods. It has to be, res you know, like I like these kind of parameters because then they help me figure out what I can do within them. One thing to note about Quick is I am not operating the camera. So my buddy Mark, the DP who helped me out on um, the Miles piece and a number of other pieces is operating the camera. And the main reason for that is I'm driving the van and because I wanted to be in full control of either making it work or fucking it up. I didn't want somebody else who was driving to feel that pressure that they went too fast or too mm. slow and now he couldn't do the thing and he fu you know where I'm like no no faster slower. So I was like dude I'm going to drive mm. and I'm going to you operate camera it makes and, sense. and I'll it's drive. almost yeah. like the, it's almost like the driving is more important because I knew that I had right. to I didn't want to put that pressure on somebody else yeah. where they felt like fuck I'm sorry like I didn't you know and I wanted to be able to be like if I had to make a weird judgment call like I'm going to have to go out the other lane like I wanted to be <laughs> the dude in control for mm -hmm. that. Um so yeah, there was tons of traffic. We, a couple, like for instance, so that that was like the fourth street, street yeah. gap in downtown. So when he's skating that, that's like 9 a.m. on like a oh, Sunday wow. or something. Yeah. So a lot of this was based on 
time of day and lighting. So like this spot with the tires, like we knew that it was like backlit, like through this, through the gate, like in the late afternoon. So you're where, fully location totally scouting fully location scouting and time of day location yep. scouting. Yeah, and I had like full printouts and like with like the orientation of like oh the street runs north to south, so the light's gonna be good here between eleven and so then I would offer Austin like for the day it would be like all right here's your morning spots yeah, and then yeah, here's the yeah. afternoon uh, spots. Okay. What are you feeling you like? Hit. Yeah, oh, that's cool. So one thing I did notice though. And I thought that maybe the continuity of this would play a part in it, but okay. obviously not as his clothes. Okay, that's a great question. I've, a couple people have asked me that, and it was never meant to look like one day. Okay. Um, even though it kind of looks like one day. We, that's what I was taking from it when I, I started to watch it. Then same. I was like, oh man, in, his shirt changed. In hindsight, I probably should have just done that. Yeah. But I think there was a conscious decision that it was just like, oh no, we're going to go out with you filming a few times and just keep your outfit similar. It was like same shoes, because sim- I think his pants even changed like from mm. black to gray. And so we were just, we weren't trying to do like the, the Stacy Peralta, the Powell kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, which, yeah. But I think in hindsight, maybe I should have. We tried to do like a half-assed version of that with the wardrobe where it was like, look, just dress similarly, but we're not trying to fool it like it's one day. Mm. And I, I know that a few people were like, wait, his shirt changed. And I was like, fuck, that yeah. was never, I'm like, I would have caught that if that was like, if that was an accident. You could argue too, because this was in junction with like Quicksilver. And totally. maybe they wanted to like show off true, their clothes true, or whatever. True, true, true. True, but yeah, that could have blamed it on them. That's a good idea. I need to. I'm too honest. Like when I turned down Chris Ortiz, I'm like, I don't know how to edit. Don't hire me. Like, I just love it, man. You you do really cool stuff. Like this was like 11 years ago, by the way. This is like crazy. Oh no 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 no. This was uh, yeah 11 years ago. That was 2012. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I remember that. Yeah. And then HOA HOA was like uh, two two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. One thing that we have to talk about today, though, the uh, L.A. Boys. Mm. Yeah. That movie is so good. Really good. About literally the the Powell and the four kids yeah. being Guy Mariano, Gabriel Rodriguez, Paulo Diaz, and Rudy Johnson. Yeah. Uh, how did this all come about? Because it was it's so good. Thank you. And then yeah. to have them both like their present time and it's just amazing. Th- thank we'll you. Watch we all we have right now is a trailer. Okay. But we'll watch that. Um, that came about. I. I you know, was this a pitch to somebody or like, I, I know exactly how it came out. So here's what it was. The barracks, I was working for the barracks at the time. Okay. And the primary sponsor of the barracks was Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew <clears throat> had wanted to do a big initiative with the barracks um, that I think Steve had pitched to them. Like, you know, they wanted to do something big, right? Instead of just like, oh, here's our pre-roll and whatever and, and our logo in the park. And so Steve said, hey, we want to do this thing called like LA week where we highlight kind of skateboarding significance and history in in LA specifically and so when that came up he was kind of like hey like do you guys have I you know I want to hear ideas from everybody and the idea that I had was to do like a 10-15 minute piece with these guys about that video part just you know go meet up with them do a quick little interview play the part you know and then kind of just talk about its significance that was my an initial idea and the origin and the reason i had that idea is this is one of the first videos i'd ever seen when i started skating in 1989 was ban this mm-hmm. and i saw myself as guy right like i had like kind of bushy hair like that i was short like you know like once i saw that video part come on like oh that's me and i'm skating and i skated with my older brother a lot relatable super relatable like Mm -hmm. almost almost like too relatable where it was like if it wasn't guy i would have had to pretend i was slightly older or whatever but it was like (laughs) nope that's me like i'm the little kid skating with like the older teenagers 
And so that part was always like really special to me. Um, and then needless to say, a massive fan of all of these guys skating, oh, yeah. my, you know, from everything after Ban This. Um, so when the I, when this kind of opportunity presented itself to to work on something that was LA centric, I was like, well, that's got to be the thing. Um, and almost immediately when I started kind of, I guess, visualizing like what it could be or what it could encompass, more and more um, ideas started popping in my head. For instance, at the time, my kids had just started to attend King Middle School, which is the, the school that they skate in that video part that I interviewed Diego Johnson at. And Diego was an eighth grader and my kids were sixth graders. Um, and so, and I lived in the neighborhood and I'd been in the neighborhood for a long time at that point. And so there was all these connections. Like I would always see where the bus bench was that was right by Ginger Grass, which is like a Vietnamese restaurant or Cha Cha, the, the oh, bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm seeing all these things regularly. So this is already in my like subconscious. And I'm, you know, I would see Rudy at like, uh, you know, sometimes like barbecues in the neighborhood with Diego and, I would just kind of trip out and like, it's all right here. Like that video part all kind of happened here. So there were all of these things kind of pointing toward like telling a bigger story sure. about it. Um, and the first interview I did, well, okay. So, so let me back up a second. I, Steve's into it. Steve's like, yeah, that would be rad. Like everybody at the barracks, like that'd be super cool. And I'm like, all right. To me though, the story isn't complete unless I get Stacy to talk about it, right? Like I knew that I could probably get Guy and Rudy and Paulo and, and Gabriel to speak about it, um, but I was like, I gotta get Stacy like to talk about it. And so the first person that I reached out to was Stacy, and I, I can't remember how I got his email. I think I asked Barra, and Barra was like, Oh yeah, this guy has it. And I just cold called Stacy, just a like a cold call email, like, Hey, is my, you know, my name is what I do. I make skate videos. I want to make this you know documentary project. And then he called me. Um, and I'll never forget it. I was at a restaurant in, in like the toy district. Um, and I was like, I saw my phone and it was like a Santa Barbara number or something. It was somewhere I didn't. And I was like, I got to step outside and take this. And I was like, hello. Pal skates on I wish it said, yeah, I didn't say pal Peralta, but I went outside and I took the, the phone call and it was Stacy and he's all, Hey, and he, he basically was like, so what is this project you want to do? And he wanted to like hear more about it. And well, he's a filmmaker. He is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, what is it? And, and so I told him. And I think, you know, Stacy obviously was aware of those guys' talent and their impact. But at the same time, Stacy was kind of on his way out at that time. And he was so aligned with like Tony and Cab and Tommy and those guys and Lance. Those were his guy and Rudy and Gabriel Polo. So he saw the potential in these guys, but I don't think he was, by the time he bounced out of skating those guys hadn't blossomed into right. mm -hmm. the people that they would become he's aware of them now but back then, exactly yeah. so he missed their kind of meteoric like mm. rise and influence on street skateboarding so i was kind of telling him like look like to me and my generation these guys are like tommy and lance and you know this was our bones brigade right. like and you captured them in this moment right before they kind of exploded and kind of ended up on different teams and um and i was like and i want to talk about how significant that was because i don't think I don't think it, it happened since. I think that was it. Like I don't think skating kind of matured to this point where it wasn't going to feature for buddies like cruising the streets and you know it was right. just a different place. Um, and it hasn't been kind of talked about exactly, and it hadn't been discussed the same way like the Bones Brigade had been discussed. Like right. the Bones Brigade or like even the Z Boys. Like there was like a people had looked back at that and already kind of given it credit and 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 acknowledged its significance in skateboarding and this hadn't been yet this was kind of one of those like almost like if you brought it up someone like oh yeah that was a sick part like it had almost kind of fallen by the wayside 
So anyway, Stacy agreed, which was huge for me because he, he, he said point blank on the phone. He's like, look, I don't like to go on camera anymore, like to, to talk about skateboarding. And one added note, actually, I should say to, about Stacy was his son had just passed like mm -hmm. a year and a half prior to this um, unexpectedly. Wow. And that was, I know, a massive blow for him. And so I knew that it's pretty sensitive to, mm -hmm. to, you know, I can't imagine what that's like to lose a child. So there was a sensitivity that I had to kind of approach me asking him to be involved because I didn't know if he was still mourning and right. grieving. Um, but he agreed to do it. And he said, you know, like, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't, I don't really want to go on camera for stuff anymore, but I'll do this. Wow. So he said, you can come up and meet me at Powell. Mm -hmm. So Stacy's was the very first interview we did. Sick. And once I did Stacy's interview, I was like, this is way more than 15 minutes. Like, Why? I got to do something <laughs> yeah. because... This is a goddamn movie. Well, because once we got up to Powell, Stacy, and then, you know, the film opens up with us going into the vault of Powell Peralta with all these old, <laughs> like, uh, 16 millimeter and 8 millimeter and three quarter inch tapes, all of Powell's archive. And so Stacy doing the interview and then taking us in the archive and was like, hey, look, I'm going to connect you with this guy, uh, John, um, or John or Brian. Oh, now I feel like I'm blowing it. Um Brian, was Brian Oliver, I believe, up at, mm. up at uh, Powell. And um, and uh, he's like, I'm going to connect you with him. And he has access to the archive. And you can request whatever you want from him. And he'll hook wow. you up. And the moment that door was open and I received that first like hard drive of stuff. Well, because you don't have to now rip it off of a YouTube exactly. video well, at, at, at 100p. Exactly. And not only that, I have like the raw footage, yeah, right? Because how much right. story can I tell when it's just the, the video true, part? True. You know, that's not a, much, a lot of B-roll. So you got your hands on all this. You're going through? Not all of it. Okay. I, unfortunately, there's like a, a few of the locations and sessions. Like there's none of the footage from LA City College, like that long out yep. rail. There's no footage from... Oh God, what else did I not get? There's a few kind of crucial locations that for whatever reason, they, they couldn't track it down, mm -hmm. but they gave me all the raw footage and it was like all the 16 millimeter and there was weird like video, like behind the scenes that they had shot that had never seen the light of day. And once I had those materials to tell a bigger story and Stacy had kind of given his perspective, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do something more with this. Yeah. So that's the, that's the long, long winded dude. How do you guys let me talk so much? <laughs> <laughs> be, um, this is, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people listening right now, like this is their story, like, just as yeah. much as it is yours. For sure. You know, like this is Guy Mariano. And I mean, for me, this was a little bit before. Gotcha. Like, you mine was Blind Video Days. Okay. That was, I, I saw Guy Mariano as myself. Yeah. yeah. The little kid totally. skating with the big dudes. Like, so. This is my shit too. So yeah. watching, you know, uh, the LA boys and, and, you know, thank God, cause this was in 2017 Yeah, and, uh, and you got Gabriel in there yeah. before he passed. Yeah. And so a lot of it is like very meaningful. Yeah. Like very meaningful. I, I had no, I mean, obviously had no idea at the time that there was a, a, a limited availability with Gabriel, you know, that was, that came on sudden. For sure. Um, but I did know. I don't know, man. I, I did know that it was like, I had to do something. It felt like the time to do it. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like we all know about Rudy and we know about Paulo and like, but at this point in 2017, 2016, you know, Rudy's not out in the, in the public anymore skating right. or, you know, even Paulo at that point wasn't really there or Gabriel. And mm -hmm. so it was like, if I keep waiting longer, it's like, it's just a, a further memory, right. you know? Right. And, and so, um, it was just the right time. And then these guys were all on board. 
and I think they were even caught off guard. Like they're like, "What? Like you want to do a whole thing about like that video part? Right? You know?" Because, and I was like, "Yeah, I want to like just like dissect it and and jump in." I mean, it's it's very much a, a film by skateboarders for skateboarders. It's like an inside kind of thing. 100%. Yeah. That is a, a small regret that I have is I had felt uh, this voice in the back of my head at the time that like, well, their, their personal story had been kind of explored and they're epically latered. So I should just leave that to epically latered mm. in hindsight. I should have explored some more of their okay. personal stories I because, yeah. because it, it hadn't been explored fully. Like as a storyteller and a filmmaker, I know there's other stories there, mm. but, but, uh, like we discussed earlier with music and skate videos, how it was like, well, they use that song. You can't use that song. Or he did that trick at that spot. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit of that mindset from growing up in skating. Like, well, I can't like retread that territory. Like the people will think, oh, you're just doing fucking epically later again. In hindsight, I should have done it because I'm sure there would have been crossover, but there would have been unique stories. Yeah, and, yeah for sure. Um, and that, yeah, that's, that's a, the one regret I have because these guys, um, you know they're inch, they're they're aside from being great skateboarders they're very interesting people oh, yeah, and right. have very interesting backgrounds and so and the the impact that they had at that time i, I mean, mean these little kids you know yeah. street skating's taking over and here come these four kids yeah. essentially and they they just changed so I, much i think that was the thing is like they when i watched the video as a kid they looked fucking cool yeah like you know like like tommy and cab and those guys they looked cool but they looked like grown-up cool to me like you know they were too i couldn't relate i was like man those guys are like they were like superstars and then these were like oh these are kind of like the high school like the cool kids at the high school doing the jump ramps down the street that i want to like they were more attainable not not the skill level but i could like hang out with them maybe at the end of the day if you're if you're a kid and somebody is two years older than you yeah. they are yeah, so much older. Yeah, so much older. So yeah. much older. <laughs> Even me. I mean, I grew up watching Jerron and Guy, and you know that those were yeah. That was what was going on around here, cost and everything. I'm pretty much the same age as those guys, yeah. but to me, they are on this other. They're way older than for me. sure. I mean, just not only the it, skating and how they you know were way better than me. I, you yeah. just Oh, I was the same way. I mean, Jerron, I think you're like three years older than me, two or three years older than me. Yeah. And um and I was the same way though like when I saw you're only like, 27, <laughs> yeah I'm only 30. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like when I saw Goldfish, so I remember you know Jerron's part in Goldfish, right? He kicks off the video and that first little drum snare that, dude, that shit is burned into my memory. Yeah. And we wanted so bad to skate like Jerron because yeah. you were like the younger, like stylish dude and. And again, like, because Eric and those guys, they looked just a little bit older. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I, dude, I'd never be like these guys, you know, like they're like, and it, ironically enough, they're like 19 at the time yeah. or something, you know, they're so young, but in my head, cause I'm like 15, I'm thinking like, dude, these dudes are crazy. Yeah. Um, so I know I totally relate to that, Chris, that like that two year gap when yeah. you're young, it feels like they're on like another planet. hundred so. percent, another level, another planet, yeah. just as bigger than life exactly type people where you're like damn he he's he like a, they must be 80 yeah yeah he's yeah. like a grown-up yeah I, I remember one more four and one thing I, you know i had to film those intros with lance and uh <laughs> and I, I had a i had a blast filming a bunch of those with lance lance is funny dude like and and he genuinely when he's like flubbing those names and stuff that's real like he's not like hamming it up like he would butcher people's names that was even, chris chris does even thing. if you would tell him the it's pronunciation hard, man. it's hard <laughs> it, like, is not, it is not easy yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. for sure <laughs> for sure um but i was gonna say is like at the time i you know i'm like 
19 and I'm thinking like Lance to me was like, he's like all of maybe 30 at the time. But in my head is like, dude, he's like veteran. And you know, like yeah. in my head, he's so old. And, and he's a 411 guy. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's already like a personality, right. you know, like and he's like, he, and he has a kid already. He like, he, he was like a wise, you know, grandfather, but he's like 30. Maybe. Yeah. So when I turned out like on seven, that, eight years older than you. Well, I was 19. He would have been, he would have been 11 years older than me at that oh, time. Oh, he was actually 30. I at think that so, time. like 30 or 31. That's okay. what I mean. So, but in my head, I've passed 30 a long totally. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think I'm as old as what I projected upon him. You know, like that was always a trip. Like I felt like I was with, like when I would meet up with him, I felt like I was in, like, you know, like this is like a, a grown up. I better get my shit together. Yeah, and, like, yeah you know, right. Get For this. Sure. Did those take a while to film with him sometimes, or did they get it pretty quick? Uh. He did it pretty quick. I think, I think, yeah, like it would just be, he'd always get hung up on like one dude's name, you know, yeah. like one dude's name that he just could not get right or something. And like, but they were always pretty quick. Cause also, you know, he did those, I think, you know, for free. So I think there was never, I, I never wanted to keep him around. You know, it was like, I didn't want to eat up his time. Interesting. Like I, just, yeah. I, never, I never knew not got, never got his, paid for that. For what I know, his arrangement was, you know, there was a firm commercial in every four and one. And I think mm. that was the trade off was mm. like, Hey, you do the intros and you got free advertising. Oh, so I think that was smart. it. That's a good, but, yeah, that's a good trade. Yeah, it was a, a good I think, martyr right there. Yeah, like, I think Lance, you know, cause really what it required of Lance was once every, you know, six weeks or so we need to meet up for an hour, hour right. and a half and, and do this. So I think he's like, all right, huh. not bad, yeah, yeah. not bad. He did some so crazy. Weird. There was one I remember where he like did the handstand. It was like early fifteen or yeah, something. Yeah. He did a handstand and said the whole list. Mm. It's like leaving fight his profile. So I'm like, yeah. dude, how did you? Was that real? Handstand <laughs> on the board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. handstand yeah. on the yeah. board, like going down the street. That was pretty not nuts. just a handstand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be hot tough too. I, I, I think <laughs> he was way. like. <laughs> He was like, by the time I'm filming him, it's like, you know, in the thirties, he's like over it. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. Like, he's like, where do you want, where do you want to meet? Yeah. yeah. What's this guy's name? Yeah. 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 A lot of them, I mean, this is for Kelly and any four and one buffs out there, but a lot of the uh, intros would be shot in proximity to the four and one uh, offices um. because it would be like, we're not going to drive across town to do this. We're, you know, Lance would just stop by. And then, so I remember we'd shoot at like Orange Coast College, uh, the Orange <laughs> County Fairgrounds, you know, Newport Beach. These are all within like, five to 15 minute drives from, but, but they were varying enough in their location that you would think we were going like to far different locations right. yeah. to film with him. Amazing. So that was impressive. What Lance did right there. Like for the sure. handstand yeah. on the board. Like, yeah, dude, there's a lot going on right there. Yeah. yeah Lance, Lance rules. Definitely. This is uh, dude, this is incredible. Bro. I wore you down, huh? No, this is, no, I'm, I'm going to go home and take a nap. I'm going to go take an ice bath as well. No, uh, uh, no, but I, I mean, we have, we, you have to come back because yeah. we, I think, I mean, we just unpacked a little bit here, but there's sure. so much more Man. we could talk about. I mean, we could have talked about skate more for another hour. Yeah. We could have talked about four and one for another hour. I did want to get to a bunch of this stuff, yeah. but, uh, but I dude, rambled. You got to no. cut me off, dude. Those are all it, amazing yeah, all worthy, bro. hundred percent, man. And I think, uh -huh. um, what, so, what's going on right now? What are you, what are you working on? Um, well, so, you know, the first majority of my like life in skateboarding, I was working for people. So I worked at, you know, four and one for a few years. Mm -hmm. I went, worked at DVS for like nine years. I worked at the barracks for six years. And then when I left the barracks, uh, in like, I guess we'd be like December of January. No, December of January. That's how tired I am. Yeah. Uh, December <laughs> of 2016. Okay. So right when the LA boys came out was right when I finished at the, at okay. the barracks. Okay. Um, and, uh, I've been freelance since then. Mm. And I've had kind of some different, 
stints. Like I, you know, for a while I was doing Adidas pieces. So I did a few things. I did some stuff with day one. I did the piece with miles. I did, I did a couple things with, with miles, a couple things with day one. Um, then I, uh, ended up <clears throat> doing some stuff with Huff. Mm -hmm. So I would always help out with those guys. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, Aaron Meza has been kind enough to bring some work my way through Nike SB over right. the last, I don't know, three years, three, three to four years since he started kind of, cause Aaron, he kind of heads up the, the video stuff. He doesn't do a lot of it anymore. Right. He, he kind of oversees it and manages it and is kind of like a creative director for it. Do you yes. like doing that or do you feel more comfortable because you get to work with a lot of different people. Yeah. Do you feel more comfortable having a, you know, being on salary for somebody or do you like the, there's the, a definite comfort level with, with working in house somewhere, yeah. you know, you get to spend a lot of time with the same people and build True. up like a rapport, um, a good working relationship. And you, and then you figure out kind of what you can do for the brand that maybe hasn't been done yet or, mm -hmm. you know, try to, to, to really, you spend enough time, you can find these kind of creative ways to, to present the brand or the team riders or whatever. But when you're doing it kind of one off for a company, it's, it's a little less, you have a little less kind of freedom or leeway. It's like, you kind of do the thing you set out to do. But I feel like maybe more doors open up though, when you, when you can freelance. Yeah, That's true. Right. You, I have, I've ended up doing a lot of projects for people that I wouldn't have been yeah. able to or done. Um, I did like that intro for the chocolate video for Bunny Hop. That's Hawk. right. We were uh, sitting right here. So right. how does it feel now? You were sitting here yeah, right. now that you're... Uh, it's a little, you know, it's a little different. These lights are a little warmer than I... No, <laughs> um, but even just stuff like that, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Like I, I, so it's it's interesting. There's like, you're you're absolutely right. Like being able to, to kind of bounce around and work with all these different people and companies, I would have never been able to do that had I stayed at a, you know one spot totally. um, but the only thing the only downside is the uncertainty of when those things will come mm -hmm. and so that's just been something that I've had to like manage like figure out like how to not I used to get really panicked like oh my god like it's never gonna happen and then something comes yeah. along so it's trying to ha like just be patient and know that it will come along um, Truth be told, I've been a little less proactive in seeking out stuff the last few years. Like the pandemic yeah. kind of shut a lot of stuff down for me. And I kind of took on a role as like a stay-at-home dad with my son while he was doing like online school and stuff. And I kind of started exploring some other uh, creative endeavors during mm -hmm. that time. I've been uh, making ceramics for the last two years. Oh, wow. okay. and, um, and that has been really enjoyable because it's kind of like st starting skateboarding again where – I sucked. You're learning. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah. learning something. And then it's just like skating where it, it's really hard, really hard, really hard. It's all about repetition. And then when it works, it's like you're elated, but then just like skating, you're like, cool, I can kick flip, but I want a 360 flip. And then you're back to the drawing board. <laughs> right. And so it's been really fun to kind of go through that process again. Like mm -hmm. I, I forgot what that was like, um, to be a beginner, beginner, right. You know, like the first time you step on a board, um, and so that's been fun. Like I've been doing that. I'm not like making money at it or anything, but I do it and I enjoy it and I'm getting better. Like I'm okay. getting to the point where I'd feel like if we were comparing it to skating, like, oh, maybe I'd like give a video to the sh local shop. Maybe we'll get a little Etsy store coming up. <laughs> yeah, right yeah here, exactly. Right? Exactly. So um, that's pretty rad to find another like love that you can almost compare to skateboarding. For sure. And because at the end of the day, you don't feel that. Well, I've never felt that I could find something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of find something like that with golf to a degree. Yeah, but it's so cool to to find another love like that, bro. Because it's like I, 
I would have been fine with just skateboarding. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But to find another thing that I could actually do like later down the, the line, sure. you know what I mean? As I get into my 50s, 60s, 70s, you know? Wow. Dude, For you sure. ain't that old, man. Oh, no, 30. I'm not old. I'm yeah, just saying. Exactly. I, I'm saying. I'm, 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 I'm just barely scratching 30. Really, yeah. Barely oh, scratching yeah. 30. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. 27. Get, you know, down. Yeah. Keep the can here, you know? Um, no, but that's rad. Man. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, it's, and I, I mean, that's the thing, too. I know, like, I see the you guys all golfing and you find that same kind of camaraderie and like mm -hmm. and golf is another I, mean, I like golfing it's fun but it's hard as shit oh, yeah. and so it's like For skating sure. where it's like there's no instant gratification you can't show up day one and be like i'm crushing like <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing with like ceramics like it looks really it's that deceptively easy looking mm -hmm. and it looks cool kind of like skating and someone like you know makes a bowl in like 30 seconds that shit is so hard to, to pull off uh you know it takes like months of, of trying till you get it like to where it looks like that um but yeah it's cool i'm nice. still making okay. still making skate video stuff um wait aren't you working on a micmo piece i am working on a micro right. piece. so i i am working so the the kind of long-running project that i'm working on right now is like a documentary on on micmo for, mm -hmm. for girl um and it's kind of the same thing as the la boys where i think we were talking about it in the beginning and it was like yeah we'll do like 20 minute thing and i have like seven hours of interview with mike mo alone wow. uh and so it was like maybe we're gonna have to do something longer yeah. you should it's man because that's like, cool yeah i i yeah. think that listen mike mo came out swinging in yes. fully flared people were like who the hell is this kid Absolutely. he's gnarly he put it he marked he stamped he marked himself for sure from that video on, mm -hmm. and then he had the tragic golf cart accident. Yep. And I think, like, I think for Mike Mo, he had a huge, huge impact on the skateboarding world. Absolutely, uh, it's hard to do that now. Yes. it's hard for a skateboarder to come along and have that kind of an impact. Yep. So I think that he definitely needs to be celebrated, and he definitely needs to have a good documentary type piece made on him and his journey. And also now that, listen, I mean. Skateboards are life. Imagine it getting yeah. taken away from you in the blink of an eye. Mm. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're, you're trying for years and years and years and years and years to get it back. Yeah. And you're trying everything, stem cells, this, that. It's crazy, totally. you know, and to have that taken away at the peak of your absolutely being I mean it, it, I mean it was hard for me to kind of ask some of those questions because i i know exactly what you're saying and and it's like it's like the elephant in the room you can't deny that that's that's what happened that he was at like the peak of his career with you know he had at least another like five years of being Easy. at that like top you know what i'm saying like Easy. of being at that like game changing kind of level and to have it just be like boom and Gone. then to ask him right. like you know like how, how did that feel what are the, you know, because then that's that's a really vulnerable place for him to be, and I think the the good thing is is enough time has passed now that I think he knows he he's he, he's come to terms he's with peace. it. He's yeah. made peace with it exactly, so he can speak about it differently than like even interviews you know a handful of years ago that he may have given about it, where there's still like, and I understand like he he would be frank about it like what it was, yeah. but I think no, no one wanted to kind of. Even, maybe even more so than him wanted to kind of acknowledge that it was kind of done in that For regard. Sure. I don't care if you've made peace with it, man. Like it hurts. Absolutely. And I know that it hurts. Absolutely. Like, he's that's he's lived, breathed, eat, everything. shat, every, everything skateboarding. Absolutely. He is a he is a skate nerd in the best way. Um mm -hmm. and yeah, and I mean that's and why that's why totally. we are we're working on it. Good. That's why we're working I'm on glad. it. Because he does deserve to have his story told. Um, 
hundred percent. You know, and he flowers, is, bro. He exactly. He used. Up. He's one of those dudes, though. He, he he's so good at skating. He transfers that into everything else in his For life. Sure. Yeah, like yeah. his computer stuff. You're like, how, how do like, you? Yeah, he's in, nah, incredibly he's, smart kid. Yeah, he's got his new thing ABD going on yeah. where the, That's the right. co- uh, collective, the cards and the digitals. It's great. It's yeah, great. He, he definitely puts his energy into what he loves to do and what For he's sure. like passionate about. So yeah. I, I'm stoked you're making that. Me too. Just, yeah, just, me too it, it's Brent. coming. It's yeah. it'll be it, it's a it's a ways coming. There's people out there that maybe are going to watch this episode that I'll be reaching out to you to Sick. to get. You know your side of the story for yeah, things anytime. because I'm, I'm available anytime. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to ask you some some tour <laughs> some tour secrets. Um, yeah, because he fucking like you said like he came at a very special time right before kind of the the dawn of like the the social media skateboarder yeah. Mm-hmm. where yeah like everybody saw this video oh, yeah. and so his impact was like felt across the whole. Well, spectrum. not only did everybody see this, this was the biggest video Absolutely. to come out Absolutely. like almost ever the intro was insane that everything about it was insane and then here you have this dude opening up this video totally and everybody's like who the oh he got showcased is bro this Absolutely. straight showcase Absolutely. And, and he had personality like he had the 8 equals d stuff yep. always going he was like the first internet skateboarder he, he i saw he was he kinda. was savvy yeah, he was like yeah. a pretty savvy guy no we talked about all this stuff like Bad. um yeah no mike mo like there's there's a lot there's a lot there yeah I'm um, glad you're doing it. Yeah, me yeah. too. It, it's taken a while. I truly love Mike Mo. He's one of the, the best dudes out yeah. there, and it's devastating what happened to him. Um, For sure. And I, I, he just he needs his flowers. You know, absolutely. Yeah, like he needs mm-hmm. he need the story needs to be told because I guarantee you, there's still people out there that hit him up and be like, "Why aren't you skating?" Abs- yeah. Or they think he just stopped skating. For sure. They didn't know that he has this like crazy injury that he can't his drop foot. He can't move his foot. Yeah. Like. I'm you sure there's people under, that? You must live under a rock, real talk. If you if you pay attention to Mike Mo and you don't yeah. know what happened to him, like, but there's kids that not. I'm don't, sure there is definitely. Yeah. Like know, they're everybody. just watching this monumental. They're watching fully flare. They're hearing from their friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no, got to be people sure. out there. I think, and I had asked him about this too. Was I remember when he kind of he didn't recover from the injury, but he started skating flat again, yeah. and he looked like he hadn't missed a step. Like everything was like bolts. It was like very familiar. Like oh, here he is. I think that was like confusing to some people where they're like, wait, what, where's the rest of it? You know? And you're like, and he's like, no, this is kind of what I can do. Right. But this isn't enough for me. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not just going to be a flat ground guy. Like that, that doesn't bring me enough hap- like fulfillment to totally. keep going, which yeah. I, that I think when you're speaking about how tough something must be like I, it, on one level, maybe it would be really tough if like he lost a leg right. and there was nothing he could do to step on a skateboard again. It's like almost, he got to a place where he looks like to you, to the casual observer, like, Oh, he's ripping. Like yeah. He's back, but he knows. No, this is the extent of it. I can't can't jump right. downstairs. I can't skate a ledge. That's got to be tough. That's got to be tough. And so, sure. I I give it to him. I I want to give him credit for like coming out the other side because I know there must have been really hard days and weeks yeah. and months and oh, yeah. you know like years where uh, some other people who maybe weren't wired like him might have slipped into oblivion totally. you know yeah, gone down to a really sure. dark place and not come back so for it's sure. kind of crazy that he made it out and is like contributing to skateboarding through you know the abd yep. and then he's judging street league yep. which yeah. is kind of hilarious like 
that's the dudes judging you. You better fucking yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Your toe better not flinch when you. Land, <laughs> but when you but land. shout out to his family because he has a great base that yep. definitely helped him along this path, bro. And yep. you know, I know that they've been very vital to his his process. Absolutely, you know I mean? and and Rick and Mike and everybody at Girl, definitely. you know, like one, one, he, his yeah. community and his yeah. brother Vince. I mean, you yeah. know, like he's got a community around him that's uh, obviously has helped him battle through some like something I, I can't fathom really. Yeah. So Right. Powerful. Amazing. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. And good uh good stuff, dude. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we could be here dude. all day. This I know, great, I'm a talker, man. dude. I'm day. a talker. It's great, bro. No, it's great. I mean, everything we're doing. You got to come back and hang out with us. Yeah. You could even bring back a one of your buddies who you skated with and we could have story time with mm-hmm. uh with Colin and We could talk and, about Mike Mo. You and Mike Mo come back and talk oh, about the documentary. Okay. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I got, I got I got stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, can we give you some nine club stuff to take home with you? Absolutely. Uh, some little Yeti stuff. Kelly, sure. you do the yeah. honors, bro. Sure. Um, there is something that I want to talk to you about. We didn't bring it up during the the whole process, but we're going to okay. bring it up now. <laughs> DVS, the times in DVS, the, these commercials you made were hilarious, oh, yeah. bro. Oh, these little, the, you made these commercials. Yeah. It was like, a, you know, the, the lawyer commercials yep. you see on TV. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think we could play the audio too, Raj, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of that. I think a lot of them were just uh, yeah, like like we licensed them or. I'm Walter Falstein, oh. licensed attorney of laws. Like you hired this guy out? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. From Craigslist. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. We got. Yeah. Not only will you know this is the ABD lawyer. This is the ABD lawyer. So the legal ABD. So no one else can. The, the ending's the best Don't part. The ending's the best part. Whoops. There's a lot of. Um, Easter eggs yeah. in there, like in the text and stuff. Every commercial back then had hablamos español. Exactly, um, dude. Those were fuck. Those were a lot of fun. So those were the one, last thing bro, I did for DVS. This really? one is before I left. Yeah. Oh, which bro. one is? I'm I'm nervous. Which one? The extra large. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Kelly, hell yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dexter Large. <laughs> Stop decking around. Dexter Large. <laughs> I mean, they're, so, they're, fun, was, they're so stupid, but they're so they're funny. They're so man. dumb, and, and they were purposefully um, directed and edited like that, like these long pauses and like bad acting. Right. Like, there was, we didn't want it to be, like it needed to feel like a late night yeah. fucking commercial. Totally. For like a, sure. What, you know, it's essentially like a mix of like a one nine hundred and yeah. like a male enhancement. They're spoof and, commercials. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the best thing about it, if you watch that or the ABD alert, there's no DVS logo in there. There's not even a logo. We were so like, dude, let's make these things so fucking like un, like undercover that there's never like a wink at the end. Like, hey, like here's the commercial. Yeah. And so, unfortunately. <laughs> I think we overestimated like people's ability to kind of like read between the lines and some of it. So some people were kind of like, what the fuck? Like you guys are making like, uh, like pills now. Like they, oh, they no. genuinely thought, <laughs> Oh God. yeah. I mean, yeah, luckily yeah. that was nice. the, that wasn't the majority. That was like the minority of, mm-hmm. of people who read into it like that. But, um, I have to give credit to that. So Bucky Fukumoto, who 
did the anime like directed the animation part of skate more mm. once we were done with that we hit it off um dude is super funny and creative and we ended up collaborating we did those like those echo commercials where it was like a bunch of day ones mm. like back in like yep. 2007 and jeremy and stuff so we did those and then we would always riff on like spoof products and like joking around shit whenever we were together and one of the last things we, i did while i was at dvs was i pitched tim gavin I'm like hey we want to do a series of like riffs on really shitty tv commercials that you see on like your local station or late night or whatever and gavin thank god signed off like he was game and we told him like dude they're not going to be obvious like no team riders are going to be in them like you're not going to know uh, unfortunately i think they might have been a little too early uh, like these would have yeah, probably yeah, played yeah. better in like a social media world for sure um where there could have been more like interactive were these like, on dv pros- sorry to interrupt were they on oh. dvs's youtube so they were on like dvs's youtube okay. and i think a couple of them were like pre-rolls for maybe something oh, gotcha. um but they were really more of just an exercise in like dumb jokes I like love we, we were like dude let's just make some dumb shit so we did like yeah like the the dexter large one that was like shot at the office okay um and my buddy mark he like lit it up to look like a shitty 90s nightclub yeah. and then um would you we, just get some random people to yeah to so act? The, dude so the the guy was like a friend of gavin's who's like a comedian kind of actor who now it's funny i haven't looked at this in forever but he's almost like a um like a like a like a b-grade uh what's his face from arrested development um, Jason Bateman, Tobias. No, or? not ba- not Bateman. He plays Job on, on Tobias. No, um, that's Tobias is the, oh Job. Yeah, yeah Job. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he was, was in, he was in pretty sweet. Yeah, what's his oh, Will Arnett? Will Arnett. Yeah, Will he's Arnett, like he's yeah. almost like a budget Will Arnett vibe yeah, yeah, going on right now. I never noticed that till right now. He watches the show, by the way, so watch out. Oh, yeah. well, that's why I said he's. This is the budget. <laughs> Will Arnett's the buttery. Yeah. Um, no, he but, uh, watches our show. Oh, he watches yeah, our show. Sorry, version. dude. <laughs> budget just meaning affordable. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, that was like a friend of Gavin's. And then the other people were all cast from like Craigslist. On, again, it. on purpose. We didn't want like right, someone yeah. to come in and crush it. Like we wanted them to be. Were you sp- telling them like, hey, we don't, this isn't, you don't have to. No, we would show them like a couple of the. So they're really trying to act really yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd give them, <laughs> we'd give them the script. <laughs> And we would give them the script and we would show them a couple of the commercials and we were like, yeah, it's, and he'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, in their head, they were playing the part very sincerely. I love and it. it was perfect for us. We didn't want someone who was super going to be like, you know, great at it. We right. wanted someone to be just like stiff enough and so good. But, but they were in on the joke. They knew they were spoofs, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love them. There's, there's plenty more there's of more. them. Yes, there um, are. The greatest thing about you is you have documented all your stuff on Vimeo. For the yeah. most part, the I most put part. it on my Vimeo page. So yeah. we'll leave a link to that in the okay. description or just go on Vimeo, type in Colin Kennedy. Your page is going to show yep. up. It's got all the videos on there that we've talked about and more. Yeah. I mean, there's a chandelier tree on there too. It's like, you know, uh, a, a lot, lot of stuff you want to... Yeah, storytelling. I like, I like yeah. telling stories. No, um, it's great. So there's a lot of stuff in there. And dude, first of all, Colin, Thanks, dude, yeah. thank you, Chris. Colin, yeah, it's been a long time. I remember yeah. we were talking in the parking lot at the barracks, and oh, you guys dude. were probably on episode like twelve, right? And you know, dude, yeah, you should come on someday or something like that. Yeah. So it only took two hundred yeah. episodes <laughs> and, and whatnot. Dude, take this home. This is a skater supporting skaters mug right okay. there we got some stickers in there for thank you thank you very much uh we had done a uh, collab with stance we got some socks here nine club Dude. socks all available on the nine club.com always need those yeah go check socks them out. never go to waste thank you uh yeti stuff we're all sold out on our website of the yeti stuff but yeah. this is some new colorways Dude. that they, they sent us and we might get some of those in these stock are all very soon. like mm-hmm. um 
at like the dad in me yeah. is very excited about these practical oh, gifts. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> use all of these. And uh, we Ooh, got nice the crew. Little, nice little crew neck mm, embroidered. Dude, thank you. Perfect. Gray. This is the moment where he thinks you get weird. What size do you think I am? Oh, let's see here. This is a uh, this is a schmedium. No, it's a large. Okay, cool. If you threw XL, I'd have been bummed. No, I, dude. I don't put, you're, you've been working out, man. I've seen the, you at 24-hour fitness. Yeah, right. I got, the, I got a solid dad bod going. <laughs> <laughs> I have something for you guys. Over oh, there. my goodness gracious, man. Colin Kennedy's got gifts. Look at hey, this. Hey, we not met a gift. Gift, singular. Oh, my bad. But, uh, my bad. For gift for the show. Oh, it's for the it's for all of us. I don't know how we what? how are we going to split one well, gift. Well, you'll see, you'll see. So it's better be so some of your ceramic work. It is a piece of ceramics. Okay. It's <laughs> not. I, I didn't throw it on the wheel. This was just like a little sculpture I made because okay. I wanted to see if I could. Ooh. But wow, you should, it's a courthouse stage. Wow. You should recognize it. What? That so sick. <laughs> Yo, that is dope, so, dude. It's not dirty. It's, it's so that's raw clay. Oh, that's so it's unglazed, and I use like a really uh, I use a clay with a wow. high amount of grog in it. So it's oh, real. Groggy. I knew it was groggy. Yeah, yeah, I knew. I had a feeling. I was yeah. like, that looks groggy. That I, looks amazing. It, thank bro. you. Dude, that's that's just, one of the coolest things I've seen for a while, man. It's uh, it's just like I eyeballed it. You know, I wasn't. Oh, oh it's like two mm, inches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not to spec. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, like I don't like Chris. Chris Swanson could definitely roll in off that. <laughs> he, he'd be all right. <laughs> That's pretty that dope. Thank um, you so much. But I figured there's a there's a strong connection to the to the stage here. Obviously, oh there's the running joke with yes. you. There's trick of the year joke. over here. Doves with the doves with that switch. I want to say, don't you do the switch front tail and the, the arm goes up? Yeah, over. I mm -hmm. love that switch. We've front all tail. skated yep. it, man. Yeah, it's and Roger, thing. I'm sure, has filmed many tricks oh, yeah. at the oh, stage. Yeah. Um, I, so I made sick. it. Truth be told, I made it like over a year ago. And when I made it, I was like, if I ever go on the nine club, I'm gonna bring it to these guys because. I made that. I made the um, the EMBC block, like you know, the opening of yes. Carol's part. So I have that. That's not even there anymore. I know. Yeah. So I had to make it from Rosenberg's footage. I had to pause it's it. Amazing. Wow. So is, thank I'm, you so much. You're welcome, dude. dude. This is going to be a, a staple in the set for sure, and it's going to be a part of history because it's going to be soon gone. That's true. Yeah. That's, that's true. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it's it's raw. That's what I, I wanted to make it, it uh, out of, like so a sculptural rare. clay that has some some grit to it. I, love it. I like the so, line on the stage. I, I, yeah, I, I, it's little, little details, dude. It's a little, yeah. it's a little yeah. you know. I mean, no one. Yeah, don't measure it, anybody. It's a little off that on scale. Great. I'm but, gonna uh, have to find a little place for this, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you, you could also make a little clay, like uh, miniature Chris. How, like, how, yeah. how sturdy is this? Is oh, it dude, pretty? I, think, I mean, you could bludgeon somebody because i saw thing. you holding it like this by the yeah which i, I get like, oh, oh, it's pretty yeah I, you're a good point I, it should be fine to hold by that it's it's been it's high fire ceramics cone 10 bro for my ceramic nerds out there mm. cone 10 cone 10 you can fire things up to different like mm. a like you know your mugs are probably not cone 10 these are probably okay. fired with something else you've got a right. specific place for this or i do you have it, like, yeah set up? it goes to color do. me mine <laughs> <laughs> remember that Damn. place yeah. remember that place yeah that's it's like telling me that's like telling me my like setups like a nash or something <laughs> 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 yeah that was pretty quick dude that was a good one that was a good i've I, never been there but like, i was always intrigued i gotta tell you in all the years of like the Tour van, like skateboard mm. shit talking. That was my first ceramic shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> ceramic shit talking. My lady yeah, used to work stuff. there. It really? Good, yeah. It's color me mine. Color me mine. Yeah. I never, never That's heard of this. That's funny, dude. Yeah. You would go in, they'd, you'd pick out your little mug or your yeah. little vase or your little thing, and you'd sit there and you'd color it, uh, and then you'd, you'd paint on it. With glaze, they, yeah, it's glaze. And they'd fire it yep. for you, and then, and then you'd, have, you'd take it on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all, that stuff's all bisqueware. 
So that's been fired once. Sure. Mm. So and then you got to, they fired, they fired again. again with the glaze on. Right. It, yeah. yeah. I, br- I did bring like something like a normal piece in my car. Cause I was like, I got to show these guys. I actually, Oh, you got to show us. Yeah. I left it in my car. I'll oh. show you guys off camera okay. or whatever. Okay. But, um, uh, anyway, Colin, thank you so yeah, much for coming by. Very Come very by nice. anytime. You're Dude. always welcome. The door's going to be open. Thank you, you guys. Yeah, that was, anytime. that was a blast. Kelly, I know we barely scratched the surface on four and one. Hey, I'm just happy that you, you helped out with four and one and it helped my whole life. So I appreciate it. We made it through a whole episode. I didn't even hear anybody say a dun, 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 dun. I said, come on. Listen, you and Kelly could go have coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Sit down and have, have some yeah. one talk uh, uh, dude thank no, you guys it's, it's been fun it's yeah, been fun and good luck to everything good to see you so good bro so good luck to everything you're doing in thank the future you. man I mean oh, yeah. we didn't touch on a lot of things you did That's the okay. Haritos Nike oh, thing yeah. recently yeah, yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that but We'll save it for another time. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? All right. Go hire Colin Kennedy. Oh, uh, yeah. I appreciate that do. one. Yeah. Go hire yeah. Colin Kennedy for any of your needs. Just contact Chris, you know, yeah, at, at google.com and uh, we'll get it set up. Go peep you know, his uh, Vimeo resume, bro. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Well, links in the video description below. So if yeah. you're listening on podcast, go check it out. Thank go you, Check guys. out your website. Oh, yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. You, have a good, you got a website? I did for years just and the then Vimeo. I, the Vimeo just became easier okay. to, to update. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not, I'm not web savvy eh. like Mike Mo. Eh, go to his vi- go I'll to have Vimeo. Mike Mo make me a yeah, website. Exactly. Now, He'll yeah. definitely help you. He'll use yeah. Chat GPT to make me one in like two oh minutes. My gosh. There we go. Right here. There it is. Boom. Colin Kennedy. 83 videos, mind you. Let's go. Dude, you know what's funny? I think I have the most followers on any platform on Vimeo, on my Vimeo, because I, I got on the platform early. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, look, look, 81,000 yeah, followers? Yeah, I know. That's a that's a lot. Here's the thing, huge. though. I don't think it translates to views. If you, <laughs> if you click if you click on uh, like any of the more recent videos, it's like 200. But look, um, this is a staff pick, right? That this was is a Vimeo staff pick. Hey, that was, look at that one was a big one. There's a lot of staff um, picks there. I got a lot of staff picks, but the the Austin one was top twelve videos of two thousand twelve. Wow! So it made the top twelve. That's awesome. That's super. Yeah, that one that one was cool. Like in all seriousness, that was a big one for me. It opened some doors, and I know that uh, for Austin, it was like a lot of people would bring that up to him. Right. Like, you know, like he was putting out like re- you know regular video parts that were amazing for like Habitat and stuff at the time. But they he would always tell me like they always want to ask me about that damn quick thing. Like it's <laughs> like sorry, dude. <laughs> some things resonate with yeah. with, with no people, doubt. man. Exactly. And you never know what's gonna like connect with somebody. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, Thanks, dude. Thank you so much. Come back anytime, like I said before. Please. Uh, yeah, pleasure. Yeah. I will be back. Mm-hmm.